Good morning. Not quite Happy New Year yet, but almost there. Welcome to Wake Up America show. I'm Austin Peterson, and we're glad to have you here. Today's Freedom Family Friday. Hope everybody's in a good mood. It's Friday. You ought to be, right? Valley Parks actually got a notification today. What's been the deal? You gonna get notifications? What's going on with that? Valley Parks are glad to have you here, as well as Bitchmobile, Kermode Bear, and Solorio. The person who matters the most is sitting right next to me right now. Number one in my life, the lovely Stephanie Peterson. Hey, Steffi, how you doing? Shirt. I've been wearing this shirt ever since I was in high school for New Year's. She's got the same bod. Yeah. Welcome to the Wake Up America show, everybody. Glad to have you here. Johnny Rankin, KB, Andy, Floby Tenderson, and all the friends of the show. Do me a favor. I know all those names. Yes. Click that like button, will you? We'd love to have your support. Yeah, I, I did something that was not libertarian in the chat. I said you're not allowed to watch the stream if you don't like and subscribe. That's not very Javier Malay cash money of Sorry. you. Yeah, we're going to talk about Javier Malay today. We've got a new guest on the show. Yeah. Aaron Sepulveda Cue is going to be joining us today. Is he going to be show. speaking in Spanish to I us? certainly hope so, because it's probably going to be time for us to learn Spanish, because I have a feeling... I have a feeling we're going to be going to Argentina this year. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I learned French all throughout my schooling, ever since first grade up through college. And I took Spanish for one year in seventh grade. And I wish, I wish I had learned Spanish. It would have been much more useful. Well, here's the thing. If we got around Japan uh, with our little our little uh, translator app, yeah. we'll probably do okay in Argentina with our Spanish translating app. But why would we go to Argentina? Well, I'll tell you, things have been kind of crazy lately with the Javier Malay people. Um, first of all, Javier Malay has been retweeting me like every day, sometimes twice a day, <laughs> and almost liking all of my posts on uh, Twitter. Here's the thing. I thought it was somebody on the campaign that was doing it. Yes, we didn't know it was him. Apparently, he does run his own Twitter account. And so the retweets are him. The likes are him. And not only is he retweeting and liking like my posts about him, but he's like the sh- the AP for Liberty shop. He's like liking posts from a he reshared a, a, like a blog from the AP for Liberty His shop. T-shirt. See, I'm I'm always like worried about copyright issues and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, is it okay that we're selling a T-shirt that talks about him on it or a mug that talks about him? But it's like because of international laws, I don't think well, there's really also, anything. He's an anarcho-capitalist, which yeah. they don't really believe in copyright laws. He doesn't laws. believe in, in rights. In copyright exactly. laws. He believes in yes. rights, but not copyrights. Well, like uh, property rights? Or no, oh. he believes in property rights. But yeah, not like intellectual property rights. We, we're going to talk about that, Javier. Also, a member of Javier Malay's Congress from Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. a member of his uh, political party who is a congressman in Argentina, from Buenos Aires contacted me last night. Uh, So we got a little bit of news uh, to discuss today. Uh, We're going to talk about that. Aaron Sepulveda Quay, he is an Austrian economist, is going to be joining us here today. Uh, And uh, he'll be here with us this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. So a lot of of exciting things to discuss there. Um, Top of the show here, we're going to discuss Donald Trump gets back on the ballot in in Colorado. Great. And then he gets kicked off the ballot in May. Uh-oh. He'll probably be back. I mean, here's the thing. The, the GOP has workarounds for things like this. So they it, do? Yeah. So because it's, you know, a primary. So if he, he's kicked off a ballot of a primary, the GOP can just get rid of a, uh, the primary and have a caucus, a private caucus. You right? can? Mm-hmm. In any state? Yeah, we're gonna, that's what we're going to do here in Missouri. Ah. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. I've got some clips of the woman who threw him off the ballot. And obviously she's a psychotic, deranged leftist yes. uh, with the crazy eyes. She has a short haircut. She's got the short haircut, which speaking of today, we're going to talk about this study. I guess it, 
I'm not surprised, but also surprised and to some extent. But uh, this study that came out had very dark implications because it was about women who see other women as competition. And when they mm -hmm. were when they were given the opportunity to make a recommendation, uh, a woman who was in comp felt like a woman was as pretty as her. She would always recommend that she cut her hair short, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird, but also makes sense. Anyways, we'll talk yes. about that. Speaking of women with short hair, Taylor Swift. I guess it's not that short. She but has short hair? So, Kayla, no, well, you know, not as long as yours. Depending on the day. Mm -hmm. So, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey apparently are turning Kansas City into a boomtown. Why are you smiling? You like this story. Oh, I do. I yeah. Do. Why do you like this story? Watching the Kansas City Chiefs game over the Christmas holiday. Mm -hmm. I like never watch football, but I was actually excited because I got to see Taylor Swift and there was like a random child in the window that she was hanging out with. Well, here's the thing. The Kansas City Star writes about um, everybody loves a good love story. I do. And that's what's fueling a lot of the economic activity. That's I think it was like $74 million or $84 million that, that Taylor Swift's era's tour brought mm -hmm. into Kansas City. And a lot of restaurants and shops that Kelsey and Taylor Swift are visiting are sold out of the merchandise that they're buying there, which is, oh, I know, which, you know, a lot of people are annoyed by this thing, but I, I really don't care because I'm obviously I'm a Kansas City boy at heart. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see that Kansas City is doing well and it's, it is really becoming a boom town and it has a lot to do with not only the, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs being such a great football team in the last few years, but honestly, we're getting the Taylor Swift bump to the large extent, which I'm fine with. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk. Are we going to talk more about it? Yeah. Later. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. We're gonna... I was like, do you want me to say all the things? No, now? don't say all the okay. things yet. We're going to get to that. Uh, we've got uh, some other big news stories that we have to hit today uh, as well. Uh, what else do I have on the show? Oh, well, obviously, we're going to talk about the best moments from 2023 because it's the last show of the year. Oh, my gosh. This has felt like the longest year ever. Honestly, as we were compiling our list, I was like, this happened this year? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, we've got a list of all of the best moments for us for 2023. What we think are some of the greatest triumphs, uh, the Wake Up America shows, personal triumphs, your and my personal triumphs. Mm -hmm. um, we'd love to hear from you. What do you think were some of the best moments of 2023? You can text the show at 573-319-1586. And if you're an audio podcast listener and you're listening to this show later rather than live, um, just FYI, you can send us a text anytime, night or day. So if you, even if you're listening to us tonight or tomorrow or next week or next year, that text line is always open at 573-319-1586. One listener texted and said, did you hear Taylor Swift might be Travis Kelsey's Yoko Ono? Do you know what that means? Uh, no. So remember when I was showing you those video clips of John Lennon and Yoko Ono and Yoko mm -hmm. was like inserting herself into concert performances? Oh, and was like, yes, un and undermining. she had that really crazy performance where she was like acting out on stage. Yeah, it was. I remember Chuck that. Barry, who was like the, mm -hmm. the black guy who sang, he's from St. Louis, who sang um, Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Uh, he was doing Johnny Be Good with John Lennon, and yeah. Yoko Ono like got on stage and was going, <laughs> like doing all this weird stuff. She was being weird. She was being weird. She the, messed it up for him. Yeah. So people are saying that Travis Kelsey, that Taylor might be like the Yoko. I don't think it's to that level yet because Taylor isn't like inserting herself. She was a bigger star than he was. That's, that's exactly. I, I think I caught myself <laughs> saying over the weekend that he's actually out of his league with her. To some extent, right? Because like nobody's in Taylor Swift's league, right? There's like, no. yeah. Well, maybe Javier Malay. 
I'm trying to remember who she's dated in the past. I want to say she's dated a Jonas brother before. Oh yeah. I think those would be the types of people in her league would mm-hmm. be like the the pop stars and, and movie stars on that kind of level. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, let's hit the big news here. Donald Trump uh, makes it back onto the ballot in Colorado, but is kicked off of the ballot in Maine by the Secretary of State. Big Obama fan and Biden fan. Take a look and a listen. It's a very here detailed decision. Uh, we lay out uh, why under Maine law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation. I'm duty bound to make this determination. Uh, We also, I rather, um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection and therefore was disqualified. Now, I, I, so using the 14th Amendment, leftists are having Donald Trump thrown off the ballot in many states. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were reading about the 14th Amendment and what it was all about this morning. I was, because it's so confusing. Seriously, the Constitution is just super vague. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I mean, not, these words, the insurrection, it's like, what does that even mean? Well, the Civil War, for example, that was an insurrection, right? At least it was right. labeled so such after the fact. It originally was made so that Confederate soldiers could not hold office mm-hmm. yes. after the Civil War. Right. And and for other things, for extending you know privileges and immunities to people across the states, right? Grant rights to the formerly enslaved people, you know, to some extent, although I think enfranchisement came later. But the question of um, of insurrection is whether or not Donald Trump supported an insurrection. And I don't think that that's what January 6th was. It was not an insurrection. Right. Engaged in. So it says the amendment reads that those having previously taken an oath to support the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. cannot hold public office. So it's like, gosh, again, rebellion. Such a general word. Well, if like, sure. okay. I mean, there's we re- so many we, rebels in the world. I mean, we rebel against the government every day <laughs> to right. a certain extent, right? But the thing is, is that they have to have previously taken an oath. So if he was running for president for the very first time, I don't think he could be banned from the ballot because he never took an oath before, right? Not for sure. I'm not for sure on that because here's the problem: a lot of the Confederate soldiers who were uh, part of the Confederacy. They never took an oath. They, a lot of them didn't serve in the Union Army before the war, although right. a lot of them did, including, um, you know, Robert E. Lee and and several of his lieutenants and others who came up. They were in, in the American Army before they seceded. So they were, quote unquote, traitors to, mm-hmm. to an extent. Right. But I mean, in terms of treason, treason itself isn't necessarily wrong, morally wrong, although it's always legally wrong. Because we were traitors, we we seceded, and we were traitors from England, right? Like the 1776 yeah. was was treason, right? Yeah, it was treason. So, the, but the question so we've all committed insurrection. I mean, to some extent, right? So it's it's that's why you're right. It's vague. Yeah. But what they're doing to Donald Trump is obviously political. Now, here's the thing. I don't think this has ever been done to a president ever before. It's I was trying to look done. it up on Google, Mm-mm. and I found nothing. No, it's no. You're right. But and here's the thing, uh, there is a workaround on this. So the Republican Party 
has already talked about doing this in many states, like Colorado, for example. If he is thrown off of the ballots and that is upheld for whatever reason, which I don't think it will be, mm-hmm. um, then, of course, the state Republican parties can just cancel the primary and hold a caucus, which is, I think, superior. We're going to do a caucus here in Missouri, for example. Was that in the Constitution, too, yeah. that like you could hold a caucus well, if you're not on the ballot? So this <laughs> is why people people if you're, if you're not like super, super into politics, these kinds of concepts can get very confusing. Oh, it is confusing because a primary is typically held by the state and the government holds it. And uh-huh. then and then you go in and you vote yeah. for whichever candidate you want. Yeah. A caucus is held by the private party itself to determine who their candidate will be. Okay. So I I think a caucus is actually preferable for many reasons because it's not funded by the taxpayers, right? Because the parties, in theory, are private parties. They're not government agencies, right? If if the parties were a part of government officially, then they would have to be governed by all the rules and laws of of the country. But because the Republican Party is a private organization, Mm. and I'm using air quotes in this because, you know, we do pay for the parties like conventions and... Yeah, I was like, do they receive government funds? They receive government privileges to to a large extent, right? So it's like, it's not, they're not... they're they're private in name only to some extent. There's, it's kind of like the, how the Federal Reserve is private, right? But also not private, right? Right. right? It was created by the government, right? It's a private government money and everything. It, exactly. So it's so, but the political parties do have the power to cancel a primary and to hold a caucus, right? And then they can advance their own candidates through a caucus. So. There's a workaround. It's like, what's the point of the Constitution here? What's the what's the point of this amendment? Well, the Fourteenth Amendment actually is huge. Well, the Fourteenth Amendment was actually granting citizens rights. So the Fourteenth Amendment has tons of implications that we don't have time to get into Uh today. It's actually, if if not the Second Amendment, it might be my my favorite amendment. It's probably one of the most libertarian amendments. Uh, in the U.S. Constitution, behind the any, it's definitely the most libertarian amendment, other than the the Ten Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we'll talk about the Fourteenth Amendment another time and its implications for libertarians. Uh, let's hear what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say about Maine barring Trump from the ballot. Vivek, the secretaries of states in 2020, secretaries of states, one individual would come in and wipe away the laws of the legislature and say because of COVID. I'm changing mail-in balloting. One person changing election rules. That was 2020. 2024, one person saying, I am disenfranchising Trump voters. Your thoughts? Well, look, Kaylee, I think you phrased it well, but I would say that this is not an action of one person. This is the action of an entire system that has an anaphylactic reaction to one man. And I think they're dropping the breadcrumbs. They're making it clearer by the day. I'm concerned that They will not allow this man to get anywhere near the start line of the election, let alone the finish line. And I say this as somebody who's running in the same race as Donald Trump. This is not how we should want to win. So I stand by the pledge I made earlier on the back of the Colorado decision, and I reiterate it today, that I will voluntarily, as a Republican candidate, remove myself from any GOP primary ballot where one of my competitors, Donald Trump included, is forcibly removed through this unconstitutional maneuver. And I think one thing that the other Republican candidates can do, Kaylee, is to fight against this, to say that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing, that if Maine is going to do this, we then take Maine out of the GOP primary process. See, there you go. Wow. 
That's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, if here's the thing, you know, we like Vivek, but truth, yes. truth be told, he's at one percent in most of these states. Right. right? He's so, always been riding on Trump's coattails. Yeah, to a large extent, right? He's saying the right things, and I mm -hmm. like him for VP. Um, but offering to remove his name from the primary ballot isn't, you know, going to sway the election one way or another necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it is a bold stand, and I think that he's brave to to say it and. You know, especially because he's worked so hard and he does want to get every vote that he earns through this. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm thinking about voting for him in the caucus here in Missouri, not because I think he's going to win, but because I'm trying to help bolster his his cred so he can hopefully get the VP spot. But I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think all of these other candidates, Nikki Haley, DeSantis, do you think they really believe that Trump committed insurrection? I think probably Nikki Haley does. And I think DeSantis is obviously going to believe whatever is going to help him to try and, you know, edge himself out for the nominee. But the DeSantis campaign, in my opinion, is dead. It's it's I over. I haven't heard anything about the guy in a while. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're not chronically online, but you're no. online enough. And, you know, you run in my circles that you should, in theory, be hearing about him. Right. But, yeah. it, but the, here's the thing. I, I wrote an article about him last week that uh, was in human events talking about why I think the DeSantis campaign is dead. I've got a new one coming out this week uh, about Nikki Haley and why her campaign is the ultimate quote unquote lost cause, um, ah. which is a double entendre for the, the, the Confederacy ah. because she got in big trouble for her comments about the civil war. Oh yes, Yesterday where she said she, she failed she, to she say answered a person's question. About, about what caused the civil war. Yeah, and she didn't say slavery. So she oh, did you already play the video about that? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. Okay. I played it yesterday. Where she was where she wouldn't say that it was slavery. She because here's the thing. She actually was the one who pushed for removing the Confederate flag from the state house because she was the governor of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Nikki Haley actually pushed to remove the Confederate flag after there was that shooting in Char uh, Charlottesville. Okay. Do you remember that shooting that, at that black church that happened with that wild eyed guy in Charlottesville, Virginia? Goodness. I don't want to say there's been so many shootings, yeah. but there's been so many shootings. Yeah, there have. No, you're That's right. That's a problem. You're right. You're right. And she, so she didn't, her, um, she pushed for the legislature of, South Carolina to remove the Confederate flag mm -hmm. from the. So she actually got praised by Barack Obama for it. Huh. So she's. Excuse me. So she's definitely. Obviously, she's anti Confederate, which, mm -hmm. you know, that's good. Um, but yeah, the fact that she doesn't know how to answer a question is it was concerning. A, it was, she was a terrible answer. And I could, you could tell she was annoyed by it. She answered a question with a question. She's like, what do you think what do you started think? the Civil War? And the, and, the, and the guy was like, I'm not running for president. Exactly. It's <laughs> um, uh, just like pageant queens. They're the worst at answering questions. I mean, yeah. they give the most stupid answer. Right. It's like those kids in Iraq that like don't have maps. You know, <laughs> I think that was actually Miss South Carolina that said that. Remember oh, that? yes. Remember that? I know there was there was one mess up from a beauty queen mm -hmm. several years back, and it was just oh, oh it, it was horrible, it, oh, so yeah. cringe. Well, she was asked like you know how to like improve geography or, or something, <laughs> and she's like, there are like some kids like such as in Iraq that like don't have maps, such as like, um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they only have so many questions prepared, and so they pretty much give the same answer no matter what question they're being asked. Right, right, right. Some of them sometimes will actually knock it out of the park, but you don't. Yeah, you don't see those. It's like it's like the bad American Idol auditions. Yeah, you know, you so maybe Nikki Haley just needs to go do beauty pageants, Nikki Haley, but she would not win in a beauty pageant. Nikki Haley needs to go away, and we need to focus on what matters, which yeah. is the future of the Republican Party, stopping the neocons. And making America Argentina again. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to talk about Javier Malay.
watching a cool video last night about all of the uh, different landscapes of Argentina. Mm -hmm. It is a huge country. It basically spans from like East Coast to West Coast. If you put it in America, like that's how long it is. And then in terms of Europe, it goes, it would go from like, it would go all from, the way from, from the tip of Spain all the way to Russia. Yeah. It's a, a massive country. country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was known for silver. Um, and it's a Spanish speaking country, but it's a very diverse country. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and in part because it's so large. There's a um, lot of Italian people there. I think it was. Yeah. Saying. There are a lot of Italian people there. It's been heavily colonized mm -hmm. over the years. Uh, and a lot of Jews fled there pre-World War II because of the uh, pogroms and because of the, uh, you know, the Holocaust. They fled there. And, and then Nazis fled there, too. After World War II, Nazis fled there. And it, it's it's because the landscape, it's so sparsely populated uh -huh. that they were that they've been able to you can create communities there and hide out in the mountains and get away from people. Oh, yeah. The and, landscape is just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is beautiful. So. You know, if we get a chance to go down there, then um, I definitely would look forward to it. Um, I got a so because I've been getting so many retweets from Javier Malay, I've been getting DMs from people in Argentina. I know it's so cute because you respond with voice messages, and I keep hearing you say "Viva la libertad, carajo!" <laughs> and then like we hear these like Spanish-speaking Argentinian people. And and they're just so spirited when they're saying "Viva la libertad, carajo!" And then they're like screaming into their phone when they're leaving you a message. It's the cutest thing. Yeah, it is. It's so so yeah. So people who sign up for my, through Instagram, who sign up for my uh, our email list or our text messaging list, I will usually send them a, if they sign up because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't sign up. They'll right. get they'll get my you know bot and be like you know go away. I hate you, right? But then the people who are like, yeah, I'm interested. I want to sign up for your email list. Then those people, um, you know, I will usually thank them personally. Yeah. So, and a lot, of, frankly, I've added like 3,000 new followers on Twitter because of Javier, but they're all like Spanish speaking Argentinians. <laughs> so it's funny because like the number one source of traffic on our website to AP for Liberty Shop right now is uh, uh, Buenos Aires and then like Cordoba and let's see, let's see where else. Whatever we're, other place. I, I don't even know from. a lot of places in Argentina. Well, we're, we're, we're going to, last night we started our geography lesson because I don't know, I got a feeling and I was telling you this morning, I got a feeling we're probably going to be going to Argentina this I year. I got a it's, feeling. Yeah. So yeah, Buenos Aires, Cordoba and Rosario in Argentina are the mm -hmm. top sources of traffic to APforLibertyShop.com this morning. Um, and I got a message last night from a member of Congress in Argentina. Um, this is interesting. I'm going to try and get him on the show, but I kind of feel like this is a little bit newsworthy, actually. And I might write an article about this. Mm -hmm. So August, Augustin Romo, who is, which is basically his name is August, which is my name, actually. That's Aust awesome. Austin comes from Augustine. So he wrote me a letter last night. He's a member of Javier Malay's party which is libertad avanza it's it's their I thought it's the libertarian party well it's 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 a it's a separate party that they started apparently their libertarian party is so something like ours here oh. <laughs> he's not truly a libertarian he's this libertad avanza oh, well, he, they started a new political party oh maybe we need to start libertad avanza here in that's, america that's what he retweeted yesterday <laughs> Because I tweeted yesterday, I said, the United States needs to form a political party around the ideals of Javier Malay. Yeah. And he retweeted that. Ah. So, uh, which is funny because people are obviously like, we have a libertarian party in the United States. I'm like, 
Yeah, but he's pro United States and he's also pro Israel. So that yeah. he's a little different than the libertarians in the United States. Right, right. Anyways, so this congressman, uh, Augustin Romo, and we're going to have a guest on the show here pretty soon to kind of break this down and talk about Javier's yeah. accomplishments. In just a few minutes, right? Just, yeah, a few minutes. 7.30? Yeah, oh. yeah. so five minutes okay. from now. Augustin Romo, he's a congressman of Javier Malay's party from Libertad uh, Avanzo. Mm -hmm. So he was a founder of the party from day one, this gentleman. And he was also the comms director, the communications director for Javier's campaign. So pretty high up in, oh, yeah. in, the, in politics in Argentina. And his uh, district that he is a congressman from is Buenos Aires, the capital. Mm -hmm. So we're so basically we're ba we're talking about. I think this is like the equivalent of here in Jefferson City, Missouri. This would be like Dave Griffith. This mm -hmm. is like the Dave Gr Griffith of of Argent of Buenos Aires. Right, right, right. So he he sent me a message last night. The congressman did. He says, "I've been reading you these last few days." He says, "I think you need to know that we strongly support Donald Trump." We literally copied his campaign. Huh. I think that Javier Malay of the United States is Donald. You all need to support him, not only for the U.S., but for the world. Thank you for reading me. I was like, I was blown away when I saw that. Well, I was, I was shocked when I read that. I mean, I don't know how I feel about him comparing Javier to Donald Trump. Exactly. I think they're very different people. I don't know Javier's past and how he acts, but I don't. I don't think he's as there jerky are there are, as Donald Trump well, is. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, he. I mean, he. Let, let me show. Let me, listen, Javier. He calls or him is condescending to women. No, well, <laughs> that's different. I mean, Javier Malay like calls him shit leftists and left leftards and right. That is true. So yeah, he's he's very rebellious. Yes, he's very yeah, he's very crass and mm -hmm. stuff. So. So I don't know this this message from this congressman in uh, Argentina in Buenos Aires. It actually it kind of you know hit me hard to hear him say that mm -hmm. um, and made me think. So I'm I'm gonna reach out. I've reached out to him and I'm gonna try and get him on the show yeah. next week, which I think would be awesome. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he probably will. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna try and build a relationship with him and mm. see if maybe we'll get him on the show. And then maybe if we're lucky, maybe he can help us get Javier on the show. How cool would that be? That that would be like the most epic guest ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Whoa. So, so anyways, we're going to make all that happen. Here's the deal. We've got a guest coming up. He's going to talk about what Javier has already accomplished. Aaron Sepulveda Hue is going to be joining us here in less than five. Don't go away. Hit the like, subscribe. We'll be right back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, everyone. Rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Happy Friday and all happy almost new year. Glad to have you here. Today's Freedom Family Friday, which means my smoking hot redheaded libertarian wife, Stephanie Peterson, joining us in studio. With Thank Stephanie. you. How are you doing? I'm so excited about our next guest. I am too. I'm really excited to have our next guest joining us here to talk about the triumph of Javier Malay. I've got a list of accomplishments that he's already done and just a short time in office. He's draining Argentina's swamp. Let's get an expert in here to discuss this. My next guest is Aaron Sepulveda. He's an econ economist 
who went to Georgia Southern University. He works for the Libertarian Christian Institute in Texas and the La Bitcoin Conference in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And he's joining us live right now. Good morning, Aaron. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning, guys. Thanks for, the, uh, for inviting me to your podcast. Yeah, glad to have you here, Aaron. You've been following Javier with Malay with as much interest or more than even we have here on this show. I'm uh, been fangirling a little bit because I've been getting those sweet Javier retweets uh, <laughs> and uh, was contacted by a congressman from Buenos Aires last night. And he had something interesting to say uh, that I would actually like to get your reaction to before we go through the list of Javier's accomplishments. I don't know if you were listening to the show perhaps right before we brought you on, but just in case you didn't hear, this gentleman by the name of Augustin Romo, who is a member of the Libertad Avanza party, reached out to me last night, said he's been reading my tweets talking about Javier Malay, and he says, you all need to support Donald Trump. We modeled Javier Malay's campaign, his successful campaign, after Donald Trump and we want Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. Does that surprise you? Because it surprised me. Well, it gets very, very tricky. This is, this is where, um, where libertarians in the United States have to understand. This is what Millet has done. He adopted all of the Trump rhetoric. Remember, rhetoric, not policies. That's a different story. Yeah. All of the rhetoric because as he adopted it, the rhetoric of being straight out anti-left. Just straight out, uh, trash him. And the decision was made uh, explicitly or implicitly was, look, no one in the left is going to vote for you. That's it. Forget about them. Okay. On the right, all you have to do is to trash the left. What do conservatives want? Do they want private sector companies? Do they want public sector companies or functioning companies? For most conservatives, it doesn't matter to them whether it's private or public or whatever. They just want to function in society. That's all they want. Offer a functioning society and they'll let you uh, implement libertarian policies. That was it. That's it. A problem solved. And so the point is, I, I don't take a stand when it comes to the United States. I try to be as, as uh, neutral as possible, but I can just tell you the rhetoric, not the policies, were completely adopted because it works to win elections. Whether you like the policies or not, it's just a completely different issue. This is it so fascinating. It, it's so it. fascinating it to me, but it does. It's, it's because Stephanie, when I ran for president in 2016, um, I remember saying to the Libertarian Party during, this is before Trump got elected, I was like, you all, we could learn something from Donald Trump. We need to learn from his style and from his rhetoric and from the way he fights. Mm -hmm. And the Libertarian Party people did not like me saying that. <laughs> you know, they were not happy to hear me saying that. That was not a popular message. But maybe the Libertarian Party in 2024 in the United States could stand to learn learn from it. But, you know, our, our Libertarian Party here in the United States is a, a bit of a mess, Aaron. I mean, how did... How did the Libertad Avanza party, um, which I, I, I guess I'm just guessing that means Liberty Advances? Yes. Okay, so Liberty Advances. Yeah. Liberty moves forward. Yes. Yeah, so, that's the way I like to. Yeah. So, you like that. Yeah, that's a nice name. Maybe we, that's what we should do for our new Libertarian party in the U.S. Yes. But, but, but tell us, how did he manage to build a coalition? Because I imagine most people in Argentina aren't Libertarians. It, I mean, it, was it the economy? Was it you know, smart campaigning and a little bit of both. I mean, are there any secrets that maybe you can un uh, unveil or reveal for us? 
what one of my favorite TV personalities in Argentina. It's a soccer player, an old soccer player. Six, he's a, he won the uh, championship in 86, Oscar Ruggeri. Uh, and in a soccer, one of the interesting things, you guys understand how politicized Argentinian politics are. Um, I like to listen to sports commentators from Argentina, just on YouTube and whatever, you know, to follow them, mainly in the summer. Because when they discuss soccer and the Olympics or whatever sports are in the summer, they always talk about politics. It, it just necessary. Like, this is just super weird. That's so uh, interesting. It's just part of the sports course. and politics. Mm -hmm. Everything. I, I'm not sure, for example, in the arts, either podcasts on the arts, but almost everyone always in Argentina ends up talking about politics and about exchange rates. Imagine that I'm a macroeconomist. So <laughs> I have to be paying attention to that now. Yes. Uh, so, for example, simple people would tell you straightforward says, look, you can criticize me like all you want, but he's the only one that tells you what he's going to do with the economy because he was the only one that was saying, I'm going to privatize this. I'm going to privatize that. Uh, I'm not going to take away the welfare state. I'm going to get rid of the bureaucracy. This is it. And when you would ask every other candidate, doesn't matter which candidate you can imagine, of every other party, of every other persuasion, bunch of big stuff. Well, you know, we need to like create like the word, the magic word that, you know, someone's lying is when they say consensus. We need a consensus society. We need a la, 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 la. It's just completely big stuff that nobody knew what was going on. And Argentina says, you know, you know what, guys? We're tired. This is like 40 years easily of nonsense after nonsense. Someone's telling us what he's going to do. And he's straightforward. This is where his trick. Usually populism tends to be said, you tell the masses what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Usually lie to them. In Argentina, being a populist is to tell the truth. This is how bad things are. He was the only one telling like, look, guys, if we need to fix this, it's going to be like two years of a recession or a stagnation at least. That's the, that's the only way we can go through it if we want to switch to the dollar. Are you guys ready for that? Yes. Everyone accepted it and, and go for it. He was the only one telling like, we can do this. We can actually do that. We can keep the welfare state, but we cannot keep the big, big bureaucracy. Do we keep the big bureaucracy or we keep the welfare state? You guys have to choose. We can't have it all. We can have a, the amount of people hired in the of bureaucracy is just ridiculous. Like airports, they have overstaffed all the time. Every single government agency is overstaffed. Well, let's, let's talk about that, Aaron, if you don't mind me interrupting, um, because uh, one of the things one of uh, Javier's accomplishments is the uh, the no skies act or the clear skies act. But help us understand what he's doing with the airline industry in Argentina. Okay, the airline industry is completely state. Uh, there's no private companies there completely. So imagine that the airlines are kind of like for us, the uh, USPS will be in uh, postal office. Imagine that our airlines were no different than the postal office. That's how bad it is. They're overstaffed. Um, they're always on a deficit. They never make a profit. So the government has to cover the difference every single year without exception the way that he wants to privatize it and a lot of my friends are kind of left libertarians they really like the idea of having workers being in charge of companies he's literally saying that you know what guys maybe the best way to privatize this i'm going to give the airlines to the workers they and this is this this is interesting he said i do not know what's good and bad for that industry i'm just the president i'm not an expert on that you workers, you guys are the ones that know what's been overspent and what has been underspent. What is it that, for example, sometimes you will get a politician 
uh, assigned to be the president or the CEO of the airline. And you know that the guy was spending money on a bunch of stuff that were like, hmm, $20,000 for, uh, you know, the typical $20,000 for, I don't know, some type of, uh, they fix the restroom for $20,000, something like that. And the money just disappeared. Everyone knows that. The workers know that. They said, I'm going to give it to you guys. I'm going to help you one year with government money for you guys to take care of, but you guys are going to compete. Anyone from everywhere in the world can come and uh, put uh, their own airlines over here. That way we get to privatize it. That's what he wants to do. And the main union leader said, no, we want the state to be in charge. What does that tell you? The amount of dependency upon the state making decisions and protecting people in Argentina is over the top. It truly is like, imagine California to the end power. And, and but people are tired because it was just, it is beyond. The amount of, of statism in Argentina is sad, is so sad because it's ridiculous. You have these people with all of the talent. Just imagine some of the most talented people in the world with a terrible political system. Families are amazing. People are amazing. Culture is amazing. The food is amazing. I usually tend to, I'm from Texas. Imagine Texas barbecue with Italian food. That's what Argentina, uh, oh. Argentina. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk my wife into visiting Argentina sometime soon because Next. we want to. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Next December, you guys want to go. A lot of people ca call Buenos Aires is so beautiful. You, they still have the, uh, the, I don't know, 1950s, 1940s architecture. And there are going to be some areas that are just like going to Europe. You can just walk real nice downtown. I spend uh, some time in November. I highly recommend next year in December, you guys are invited to go to the La Bitcoin conference. Uh, I'm part of, I'm part of the, uh, part of the staff. Uh, you guys are going to have a blast. It's amazing because there's so many things to do. There's a lot of freedom talks. There is a uh, crypto Bitcoin, everything that you can imagine libertarian is going to flourish. In, in Argentina, uh, yeah. so you guys are welcome to go. That sounds exciting. I mean, Stephanie and I, I keep telling her because I love uh, Argentinian wine, for example. So you know, they say invest in what you know, but I, I've had so many friends uh, contact me who have said, Austin, how can I invest in Argentina? How can I, you know, what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm thinking that I want to go down there maybe with like nine or 10 of my friends, take some money and invest either in like a Malbec farm or maybe just like probably a lot of people down there are going to need staples. Like construction is going to be something, right? There's going to be yes. a lot of the, the basic needs that need to be met for Argentinians that have not been met to some extent, there's going to be a huge need for for American dollars to come in because of the process of dollarization. And you as an economist, I'm looking forward to you sort of explaining that to us, if you don't mind. Let me just briefly reset for the people who might just be tuning in now to us live and are wondering who we are and what we're talking about. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show live right now, I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the show. Glad and thankful to have you here. Make sure you click like and subscribe to the channel. I'm joined in studio by my lovely wife, Stephanie Peterson. We're both Hello. libertarians and we love freedom. And my guest joining me right now, live on the line from Texas, is Aaron Sepulveda. And he is a, uh, an economist. And uh, we're talking about Javier Malay's accomplishments while he's in office. So talk to us a little bit about dollarization, because uh, I'm not an economist, so explain it to me like I'm five here. But this is the idea that... Argentina would essentially run on the dollar. I know that might be good for them. Would that be good for the United States? How did, what are the, some of the challenges that they might face and the opportunities? Could you explain that to us again? Like 
We're idiots. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, for to the audience, Austin knows what he's talking about because I saw a video of Austin talking about free uh free banking. So he actually knows his monetary economics really well. Okay. <laughs> so don't reveal don't, my me, Aaron. I'm trying, I'm trying to appeal the every man here. That he doesn't know. He actually knows <laughs> He has read George Selgin and he has read Larry White. I know you really well. And and you did a great explanation, by the way. Go watch Austin's explanation of free banking. It was amazing. Long time ago, it was what, eight years ago, maybe, but you did an excellent job. Thank now, you. The process of the dollarization goes this way. Straight out for the people that are not completely familiar with this. This is the issue. The Millet, when we mean dollarization, it does not mean that only the dollar can be used. Dollarization in economic lingo means certain country is using other currency than the fiat national currency. So, oh. okay. So for example, we say, oh, you know, Albania is dollarized. Albania is not dollarized. They don't use dollars. They use euros, although they're not part of the European Union. Uh, but because they use an external asset, an external currency, we call that dollarization. So be careful. This is lingo among economists. Sorry, you know, it just happens that way. Now, why is it that Millet and his administration chose the dollar? It's because Argentinians themselves, without anyone telling them, as soon as they saw the peso devalue or inflation shooting up, everyone would switch to dollars right away. Dollars, the amount of dollars in Argentina are huge, but they used to be illegal for you to use dollars outside of the state approval system. So people would always keep it underground. I actually got the experience of getting my dollars, going into La Cueva. La Cueva is kind of like a place where that is underground sometimes. Uh, and then actually you go, sometimes it's a store, sometimes it's like a flower shop and they just go to the back. And there's someone actually doing math for you, switching dollars for pesos. And that exchange rate is completely different than what the government says all the time. Wow. Like you're talking about the zero exchange rate was $1 for a thousand pesos when the government, the past governments used to say, oh, it's 400 or 300 to $1. Nobody would use the, the main, the government rate has nothing to do with reality. Nothing, literally nothing to do with reality. Okay. Why simple is this? So you guys understand what I mean by what's the problem with Argentina? They have all the talent in the world and terrible political institutions. This story from uh, Dr. White might actually clarify for everyone what's going on in Argentina when it comes to money and politics. The head of the central bank, late 80s, early 90s, um, talked to Dr. White back in the days and told him, look, Inflation is going up. Me, an Argentinian, the head of the Central Bank of Argentina, I have a PhD from Chicago School of Economics. I know that I'm not supposed to be increasing the money supply. I know that. Like, I'm an economist, I have a PhD. But he said, the president straight out comes and tells me, look, this is how much I owe bureaucrats. You need to print it so that I can pay them. Well, you know, it's because inflation what is, doesn't matter. You do what I tell you. There's no independence between the central bank and the president straight out. There was no way. You can have, think about it. You have a PhD economist from the University of Chicago. Most, one of the most well-trained 
persons in the world that you can imagine in charge of the central bank. And it cannot be effective because you don't have the institutions that respect. And so what Millet is doing right now is trying to change the institutions. For example, one of the main things that you guys have to remember right now, he hasn't dropped any taxes that we know, significant taxes, because the problem is not even taxes. It's just the bureaucratic process takes away so much time and energy that it's just like, forget about it. We're not going to be producing X, B, and Y. Is it because of taxes? Yeah, taxes are a problem. But the bureaucracy is so heavy. The paperwork is so long. Maybe the amount of uh, corruption that you have to go through it is so bad that it's just not worth it. So you have a very, very limit. Uh, the government stops society from developing just by the um, huge amount of rules that imposes we know, on it. We know a thing or two about that. Here are words Stephanie and I are trying with our small business or trying to purchase health insurance for next year and the amount of rules and regulations of things that we have to go through just to buy health insurance has been a nightmare for us with a two person, just a two person small business. Well, imagine those rules for health. That, that one's a perfect example because I usually give that example to for people to understand that you can't just take a whole country um, rules as if it was just one thing. For example, since I'm more from, I'm very familiar with the Mexican. Uh, oh, even even Argentina actually works this way. The healthcare industry in Mexico and Argentina is, I don't understand why, but lucky they are, it's almost completely unregulated. And guess what? Really? Prices, boom. High, I mean, it's so extreme that many doctors, they open their practice and they live in their living room in their house. You can just mm -hmm. go to your, your home, uh, your main doctor, just, just go to their house and they tell you, you can do this, you do, and everything's preventive. So... The, that I, I live in the border. One of the main reasons to live in the border in the United States is so that I can cross to Mexico. Whenever I need anything that has to do with healthcare, it takes five seconds and it costs about 10% of what it costs in the yeah, United States. Yeah, I know, Stephanie. Okay. Yeah, I'd be so jealous. Good medical care in Mexico and Argentina? Depending on where yes. you go. Depending on where you go. In some places in Mexico, I've heard some horror stories, but hold on. But real quick, oh, Mark, wow. before, we, before, we, before we move on, I, I, want, I want to, um, we've got a couple of house cleaning things that we got to do because I've got questions rolling in from the audience. Uh, nice. and, a, and, a, and I've got to do a quick shout out to our boy, Billy, this morning, who's watching with his mom, Ashley. Good morning, guys. I got the whole family watching this morning, they said. Wow, there's children watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate that. We're, wonderful. Getting, we're getting the kids learned about uh, uh, South American politics and important. dollarization and the economy and healthcare. Yes. And uh, Quest Fanning actually dropped uh, uh, a couple bucks in the tip jar. Thank, Thank you, Quest. Quest. He was asking this question, which Kermode Bear was kind of echoing earlier because Kermode said, why should someone choose the dollar when we keep devaluing the money by printing so much in regards to dollarization? And Quest said, why can't they switch to something more stable like Swiss francs, too few in circulation? It, this is a criticism that I've heard from a lot of libertarians, especially, Aaron, is that they say, oh, well, this, you know, why would the Argentina, why would Javier Malay choose to dollarize? Why wouldn't he choose some other currency or just go straight to free banking, right? Go to a, free, a completely total anarchist you know, monetary scheme, you know, rather than dollarize. Why choose a dollar instead of a Swiss franc? Or why choose a dollar instead of just abolishing the central bank and letting competing currencies do it? Why the dollar, Aaron? First and foremost, because Argentinians themselves already chose it. Okay, which currency do, which asset do our regular Argentinians go to when things go bad with the peso is the dollar. So Millet or anyone in power cannot go against what regular people are doing. Whether we like it or not, there's something, some of you guys that have studied uh, monetary economics, their network effect. 
if you go to something better when it comes to value, right? Uh, like the Swiss franc and even the New Zealand currency tends to devalue a lot less because they keep their inflation even lower. Well, that's great. But the problem with money is not so much if it's a good or bad store of value. When we get money, usually we get to quickly get rid of it because we need to make expenditures. What you need is a network of people, of users. Which currency is the one that ha has the highest network of users in the world right now? Dollar. The dollar. Oh, okay. and, and that's true in Venezuela, by the way. Venezuelans, as soon as something went wrong with their currency, everyone switched to dollars. It doesn't mean that you cannot use the rest. You can use whatever you want. It's just that, okay, I'm going to close the central bank. This is where it gets tricky. In order to close the central bank, I hope this makes sense to you guys, all of the money of the central bank, it's a debt. I hope that makes sense, right? One yes. way or another is not redeemable, but it's still a debt. So in order to get it out of circulation and so close the central bank, how do you buy it out of circulation? What do people that hold pesos want in return? They want yeah. dollars. So the government, the government of Malay has to get dollars, purchase with those dollars, those pesos out of circulation, then he can close the central bank. And then people can do whatever they want. If they want to, let's say everyone switches once they get dollars and everyone switches to Bitcoin, then Bitcoin's going to be the money. Uh, if everyone switches to the to that's the awesome. euro, that's going to it's up to. But the only way to close a central bank is for the government of the administration of Milet to get enough dollars. That's why they need dollars desperately mm -hmm. to buy oh, okay. those pesos out of circulation. And now there's no more debt from the central bank. The central bank can close. Yeah, because they they owe the the like the IMF or the World Bank something like. 50 billion dollars or something like oh that goodness. so they've got to get dollars in order to pay off their debts and the way to get yes. dollars is that people have to bring dollars there it's not like we're going to set up a bank that's going to print money there no and here's the well here's the thing so apparently and this is just some rumor maybe aaron can confirm or deny that i've heard is that a lot of argentinians have dollars stashed under their mattresses and have been holding on to dollars sure. in, in hopes that one day that they could use them because, you know, if if you can't get a dollar back, you're not going to spend the dollar, right? But if dollars are freely circulating, you might be more willing to spend them. Is, is that true, exactly. Aaron? Is it is it possible that there might be enough dollars in Argentina? I mean, they probably need some foreign investment still, but, you know, could they get their economy circulating and begin dollarization with what is already there to an extent? I think I think they already can. Now, the issue is, you, you see, now they can dollarize and they can start using them on a daily basis. Now, that's one of the main changes that Millet did in about like less than a week. For the first time, people can go out and make payments with dollars without anyone, anyone telling them anything. What we call La Cuevas, which I went through it to go and exchange, that's not illegal anymore. So right now, they can exchange dollars anytime they want, anywhere they want, make payments with it. Now, dollars were used for large transactions. That's when it was legal. For example, if you're going to buy a house, you will pay with, you wouldn't pay with pesos. You will pay with dollars. Mm -hmm. um, certain high items, they were like, yeah, that's fine. You can use it. For for daily basis, that was completely legal. So that's where, where it gets tricky. They have a lot of dollars because Argentinas have been saving in dollars since at least the 80s. The dollars that go in never get out just because people want to hold on to them because whether we like it or not, at least compared to the local money, the dollar is much better. You and I hate it because we don't want an inflation of 9% like we went through it. But for Argentinians, even the high inflation of 9% is nothing a year when these guys have 140% many, many, many years. 
So yeah. the comparisons is are just completely out of proportion. But we I cannot saw, import our but, needs and our priorities to their needs and to their their priorities are completely different than than ours, which is great, by the way. Yes. But we do have to judge them relative to their priorities, not our priorities. Yes, it's yeah, exactly, uh, Aaron. I, it's it's sometimes I see people, you know, very selfishly you know, railing against dollarization. And it's like, you aren't living in a country with 140% inflation right now. You don't know what it's like to suffer under these slings and arrows, which speaking of another big beef, Aaron, I know I'm, I'm going over on time. Do, do you have more time to hang out with us yeah, to yeah, continue cool. this conversation? Okay. Cause this is good stuff. Um, oh, another beef that I've seen American libertarians have with Javier Millet which uh, I don't share, <laughs> is his you know, nominally positive view of the United States. But I think their beef is more of his positive view of the state of Israel in general. Obviously, Argentina is not going to become a foreign policy powerhouse, at least in any time soon. It's not like they have to worry about you know, Argentina getting involved in the conflict between Israel and Gaza. Never, nonetheless, I see support of Israel and the United States, moral support of Israel and the United States, as at least somewhat of like a stand-in for a moral support of freedom itself, even despite the fact that the United States and Israel don't necessarily live up to the ideals that people like you and I have. But I see Javier's support of Israel and the United States not as some craven desire to support the Zionism and, and occupation and intervention, but more of a stance that he supports countries that are more liberal. Do you agree with that? And do you share my sort of like dim view of libertarians who criticize his views of the United States and Israel? How do you feel about that whole conflict? It's a matter of priorities. Honestly, whatever any Argentinian president has ever said about foreign policy does not change anything in the world. It will be irresponsible for Millet or any other Argentinian uh, president to take a strong stance in favor or against. Having a strong stance on foreign policy is a luxury that only American libertarians can have. This is what I want you guys to understand. For example, that typical, there's a lot of libertarians in Latin America that they support the United States on anything, not because they love what the United States do, it's just because the local socialists like Maduro uh, Chavez himself, the Peronistas, well, mainly uh, Kirchneristas in, uh, in Argentina. Venezuela. Those guys are infinitely worse. Like, I'm not talking about a little bit worse. I'm talking about infinitely worse. You and I should worry about those things because it, um, I, had a, I had a space with uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Murphy. We were discussing these type of topics. And one of the things I was telling everyone is like, guys, uh, there's no way that the Argentinians have to wear it. Like, for example, you and I, we're Americans, and the military-industrial complex lives off out of our taxes. So we have to oppose it like crazy. The, the, the military-industrial complex does not live off of Argentinian taxes. Like, what do they care about? Do you know the amount of needs they have and they have to be concerned with? And, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about, let's say, for, I don't know if some of you guys know, one that is very iconic was um, there was a big soccer uh, final, international final, and it happened uh, in South America, uh, Copa Libertadores. It's a huge thing in Latin, in, uh, Latin America. Mm -hmm. Both in the final were Argentinian teams that they uh, 
that they have a long-standing uh, competition against each other. Boca Juniors against River Plate. The final game couldn't even be played because there was a lot of violence fighting against each other. Now, I want you guys to think about this. We don't live through that, guys. Like, literally, not even one of the sports that I know of, you get the uh, both of the fans' sites here in Oponich. Oh, they actually bombed. I don't, it wasn't like mom, but okay, they actually attacked the, um, the boss of one of the teams and they had to stop the, the game. They had to take the game to Spain. Okay, wow. don't worry about the details. This is the major concern for Argentinians, violence inside. Do you think Mile is supposed to be super careful about his foreign policy and stand and telling people what's good and what's bad outside of Argentina? He doesn't have the time or resources. That's it. Whatever stance he takes, he's getting them out of BRICS because, for example, BRICS is not an economic alliance. It's a political stance. All BRICS do is say, we're not United States. That's it. That's all they do. They don't do anything else. They don't cooperate with each other. They don't help each other out uh, at all. He needs help. He needs dollars. Where is he going to get the dollars? He's going to get them from the United States. That's it. You can say whatever you want about his personal life because he studies with Jewish people. And that's why he has a, a bias in favor of Israel. I don't take a stand. I don't care. I know that the guy is going to dollarize and that's going to get rid of inflation for regular Argentinians. That's my concern. My mm. concern is regular people on a daily basis. Yeah, no, this I get thing- I, I get that. I just, um, you know, I've been sort of battling with a lot of the anarchist libertarians in the United States over the foreign policy question. Uh, and it was just it was just absolutely delicious. For me, when Javier Malay won, because he pretty much mirrored my stance when it came to foreign policy in regards to the Israel and pro-U.S. question, because my my fear is that libertarian American libertarians are are not necessarily against military invention intervention as much as they are really just anti anything that the United States does. They become sort of reflexively anti-American and reflexively anti-Israel. And I do believe that part of that does come from a place of bigotry against Jews and, and not necessarily against Americans. That's my own political point of view. And, you know, I'm not saying that you share that and I'm not saying anybody else shares it. But what I'm saying is that that's my view is that the American libertarian movement has a bigotry problem that needs to be rooted out. And so I've been fighting that fight for you know several months. Javier Malay is out. Did. He's he's been out there waving the flag of the state of Israel, and then he wins the election. I saw American libertarians who I'd been battling with online saying things like, "Well, Javier Malay isn't perfect, but I'm glad he won. He's not he he's not ideal." And I'm like, "Shut the excuse me, shut the f- up, okay? Like you are never in your li- in your life ever going to see another person who is so libertarian take so high a place." This I, I compared this yesterday to the fall of the Berlin Wall kind of a moment here. Like we, we have done that, huh? With, we we haven't compared that. Right. With the difference that Russia didn't go from communist to libertarian. They went from communist to uh, oligarchy, uh, authoritarian. This is an experiment like we've never seen. But I, I want to ask you a couple of other questions. These are going to be kind of like more quick hits because I just want to conf- have you confirm or deny these rumors that I'm reading about online. One is that I'm seeing that Javier Malay has proposed an action to allow for stronger self-defense laws. I don't know what how that re- yes. relates to guns, but yes. is that now, true? Th- there's a more gun culture in Argentina, so I'm kind of glad that uh, that the Argentinians have the opportunity to just 
you know, maybe maybe they're not going to do like open carry or something like that. But for sure, I know that he's liberalizing the use of, of guns simply because there's there are certain areas. Now, if you go downtown Buenos Aires where I stayed, there's no violence. Don't worry about it. Everything's great. Like the tourist areas are always protected, usually in the outskirts in Buenos Aires and the outskirts in, uh, in other cities. That's when you get a lot of violence. And a lot of people have to live in the outskirts just because downtown is obviously very expensive, right? So regular people have to find a way to protect themselves. And what they're trying to do is to liberalize the, the, uh, the gun rules so that in general you can protect yourself against, uh, against criminals because people are just tired. Because it's not just regular criminals. There's a lot of uh, criminality, if you wish, let's just say it that way, yeah. uh, from, uh, from the other political parties. The other political parties getting, get, uh, do get in cahoots with gangs so as to either attract more votes uh, or to convince, quote unquote, people of different or cert of certain uh, neighborhoods to vote for certain candidates, because other than that, the local criminals will get after you. So this is very common, guys. That's why the revolution is amazing because he was he was bat battling against every single government school teacher did not like Millet. Every single one of them. Straight the school out. teachers, the school teachers don't like him. That was going to be my next question was about homeschooling, because I think that's another thing that Javier Malay was doing. I want to legalizing it. Yeah, legalizing homeschooling. L let me just let's talk about that in just a moment. Um, I want to reset because we just found out that Rumble.com just put us on the front page, front and center. Yay! So a lot of people are listening yeah, to you right so now. The numbers are starting to really bo uh, bolster up. We appreciate that. Um, for those of you who might just be tuning in right now, wondering who we are, what we're talking about. I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the Wake Up America show. We're glad to have you here. Um, my lovely lady who's sitting here next to me is my wife, Stephanie Peterson. Hello. And she is Steffi P for Liberty over on Twitter. We're speaking to Aaron Sepulveda. Uh, he is an economist who is talking to us about the situation in Argentina. We've been discussing this morning dollarization. We've been discussing uh, the deregulation of the airline industry in Argentina. So if any of that sounds interesting, you missed those parts of that conversation. Remember, you can always download the audio version of this podcast and listen to it later. Do me a favor, click like on the stream. And if you're enjoying this content, subscribe to the channel. The Wake Up America show streams live every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Fridays. We are going to be off this Monday for the New, Year. New Year's because you know how we love to, you know, drink and get hungover. But um, no, just me, but uh, not Steffi. But uh, but we will be back on Tuesday after the holiday. Thank you to Rumble for that. And we appreciate it because Rumble has been a huge part of 2023. And soon we're going to have a discussion after we're done with Aaron about some of our best hits uh, moments of 2023, which is obviously the huge support we've received from Rumble.com. Um, Rare Camellia over in the live stream says, this is such a good interview. Hell yeah, it is. Oh, this it is. is good I, it is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Sepulveda is talking to us a little bit about the accomplishments of Javier Malay. Homeschooling, that was illegal? I mean, like, obviously government teachers are going to hate Javier Malay, but now there may be a way to do an end run around him. Aaron, talk to us about this. Well, in general... Uh, for some reason that I don't completely understand, because even in the United States, you don't see the entire community of teachers being against uh, freedom candidates. In this case, yes, it was. And there's a bunch of videos that I know. Guys, you need to learn Spanish because the amount of amazing <laughs> videos of young guys, young people refuting their teachers live because huh. of all the nonsense they're teaching. And then just by watching the videos of Millet, they learn economics. 
they went to read i'm kidding you not human action this is what wow. got to me guys i actually saw and i just couldn't stop myself because i was like this is just too good to be true he in one of the meet one of the uh oh um uh, one of the campaign uh particular meetings right uh one of the campaign meetings uh huh? just a bunch of regular people go and see what uh, Milay has to say so on and so forth and you get just regular people lining up with books from Hayek so that Millet can sign them. Dude, this is next, awesome. Next time someone <laughs> says something, so inside of, inside of the libertarian, libertarian movement says something against Millet, fine, freedom of, of, uh, freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, right. But When you get regular people to read Hayek and go to you and ask you to sign it for them, then we can talk about accomplishment. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Let's give it up for Javier Malay. Okay, we've got a breaking news item here. Uh, I think it's breaking news. Anyway, Javier Malay just retweeted our Rumble channel right now. So no. uh, he could be listening to us all the way down in Argentina for all we know. So Javier, if you're listening. Thanks, Aaron, very much. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me speak in Spanish. Javo, queremos en ti. Desde los Estados Unidos, tenemos toda la fe en ti y que vas a ser exitoso. Échale ganas, hermano. Viva la libertad, carajo! Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, he just retweeted um, the video that I was talking about what makes him different from other populists around the world, which is, of course, free market economics. Uh, and so he just reposted that and it has the link to the Rumble channel. So some of Javier Malay's friends might be watching right now. He might be here with us right now. Thank you very much for that, Javier. If so, we appreciate you very much. Uh, we'd love to have you come on the show sometime, Javier. Follow me on Twitter so that I can DM you and we can actually have you come. He keeps retweeting me and he isn't following me. It's like the one thing. It's like making me like Twitch. I'm like, you keep retweeting me, but just follow me, okay? So I can just get that one dopamine hit. I need it. <laughs> Make my new year amazing. Uh, thanks so much to everybody who's tuning in and watching the show this morning. This is an awesome interview that we're having with Aaron yes. Sepulveda. Uh, he's being very generous with his time this morning. We were going to go for 15 for 20 minutes, but it looks like we're going for half an hour. If you've got to run at any time, Aaron, I, I totally understand. You know, you. Just let us know. We're talking about the accomplishments of Javier Malay in such a short time. Let's bring this back to domestic politics for briefly for just a moment, Aaron, because um, a lot of people who are supporting someone else other than Donald Trump in the Republican primary they are saying, you know, Donald Trump didn't drain the swamp. He didn't do what Javier Malay is doing. Is Javier Malay in a unique position to do the things that maybe Donald Trump couldn't do? Or do you think that Donald Trump deserves some criticism for not, the, for not accomplishing what Javier has accomplished in such a brief time? Because when I got that message from the congressman of the Libertad of, of Anza party last night, you know, he's saying you all need to support Donald Trump in the United States. You know, we modeled our campaign after him. I mean, there are differences between Javier Malay and Donald Trump, like you stated at the beginning of this interview. Um, what do you think? Do you think that that Donald Trump, you know, you know, does he deserve criticism? Is it were his hands tied? You know, if he wins again, could he, you know, could Me he actually personally? take out the deep state? Yeah. What do you think? Me personally, I don't think Donald Trump. Because this is, this is what makes it difficult to understand the difference between Millet and every other politician in history. You're talking about a college prof economics college professor. He knows politics. He's super well-read, crazy well-read. Um, he quoted, if you guys know uh, Dr. Robert Murphy, 
some of the books from him. He quoted Murray, uh, Murray Rothbard, Hayek, yes. Murphy. Very, and it's not just some ancient text. Very, very like uh, texts that are coming out right now. He's still reading them. Uh, you're talking about uh, American libertarian literature that he reads on a daily basis. He's super well read now. I don't. If you ask me, I don't think Trump has any idea that tariffs are anti-market, and he like. If you ask me, I I think it's in a different. The Trump, it's in a different. What they have in common is the rhetoric, how to win both. But their yeah. policies can be, either and, and and another one for example, like Millet cannot just drop taxes like crazy. This is what is going to be very difficult. Trump can easily drop taxes very quickly because in the United States, since he didn't uh, he didn't drop now this is one tricky one. Donald Trump didn't just not drain the the swamp. He actually increased and so that administration. What Millet has to do to prevent inflation? Why? Because of the the Not in their local currency, but in dollars. That's why we're so important to the world. And Austin, you already kind of figured out, hey, there's a way that we can invest over there. Yes. Everyone wants your dollars over there outside the Aaron, United States. Aaron, we have to, so, we're getting a little bit of an of, of a chop on audio from you. Sure. Um, so here's what I'd like to do. If you'd like to continue this interview, we can. Um, we're going to do a brief commercial break. Let's Let's disconnect and then reconnect and come back. Um, we've got to go do a uh, we've got to do a quick commercial read anyway for our gold company who is in, who is uh, investing in us in the Wake Up America show. So we'll be right back, okay, Aaron? Okay, thank you very much. All right, let's get let's we're gonna de uh, disconnect from from Aaron and then we'll come back. I'm gonna send him a new Zoom thing. But uh, Stephanie, would okay. you do us, do me a favor and do me a quick little commercial for our friends over at Lear Capital? Oh, sure. So gold, everybody. If you <laughs> haven't, if you haven't invested in it yet, or even silver or platinum, if you're really feeling eager, you have to go to LearAustin.com, or you can call the number. What is the phone number? I don't have it right here. It's uh, it's uh, one eight one eight hundred one eight hundred eight eight five eight eight five two one seven five two one seven five. And if you call that number, you say Austin Peterson sent you. Mm -hmm. They're not going to annoy you. All they're going to do is they're going to educate you. 
on what they can offer you in terms of medals. And you can buy really cool coins if you like the collector coins. I know they were doing like a Mount Rushmore edition. They were doing um, so some really cool, you know, artistic coins. So if you like that or if you just want gold bars or if you want silver, or you can even cash in your medals and they'll pay you. There you go. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, we endorse and recommend Lear Capital. They've been with the Wake Up America show since the very beginning. They're investing in liberty, so let's invest in them and in your financial future. Mm -hmm. Give them a call today. They've got a $500 account credit, good for the end of the year, which is, well, today. 1-800-885-2175 is the phone number. That's one 1- 800-885-2175, write it down. Or if you're phone averse, which I know many millennials and younger are, yes. then we've got a website set up for you to get a free gold and silver information packet at learaustin.com. Every phone call, every web, every website sign up that you get helps support the Wake Up America show. So do me a favor and head over there today. Go to learaustin.com. That's L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. Steffi, do the gold dance real quick. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I really do. I, I have a bag of gold in our house. <laughs> of course she and does. Silver. She's Jewish. And I feel so <laughs> safe because I know that at any moment, Lear Capital can buy it from me and they'll give me dollars. She buys the we're gold. We're talking about dollarization. And, and I buy the iron and lead. All right. So we've got Aaron Sepulveda back on the show with us this morning. Joining Wonderful. us now live from Texas. He's an economist. He's talking to us about the accomplishments of Javier Malay. 400 people watching us live right now. What's up, everybody? Hello. Thanks, Aaron. Hopefully the audio situation has been fixed. They said it, it, it started to fix there at the very end. But uh, thanks for coming around and sticking around with us this morning. It's been a great interview. Yeah. yeah it, early morning interviews are usually have more time. My, my work starts in the afternoon. That's when I'm, I'm on the Okay. Oh, great. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So we've been talking about Javier Malay's accomplishments. We just got done talking about homeschooling of kids. One of the criticisms of Javier Malay that I've seen is that the left, of course, calls everybody a fascist. But they are saying that he's he's already breaking up these protests and he's violating the free speech rights of Argentinian citizens. How would you respond to that? Everything, every single news, negative news I've seen in English, it's a ridiculous exaggeration of things that are like just completely divorced from reality. Two ridiculous things. One, he's uh, he's suppressing protests. No, all he said is this. This is huge, you guys. And so you guys understand the difficulties. In Latin America, it's a, it's a huge problem. In Argentina, it's even more. Like, literally everything bad that you can think of uh, on from the left in Latin America, which is already pretty bad, in Argentina, it's always multiplied by 10, by 100. It's crazy. Every single week, if not almost every single day, there are protests about anything that you can imagine. There's people that, quite literally, their job is to organize protests every single week. And regular people in Argentina are tired because it's just complaining about anything and everything, and they close streets. It's not just like they go and complain about something, which if you ask me, that's perfectly fine. Right. They close main streets. So people are always late to work. Always. Like, it's completely unpredictable. Just imagine your life. You cannot ever plan to be on time in your job. Now, and this is what I'm telling you guys. If you want the conservative vote, all they need, you need to give them is a predictable functioning society. They don't care if it's government man, uh, if it's if it's government run or privately run, whatever you can imagine. Just give them a functioning society, and they'll vote for you. And that's that's what uh, and that's what Milay did. An exaggeration. For some reason, they 
people are exaggerating saying, oh, look, he's taking away a free speech rights. No, no, no. All they have to do is they can protest, but they cannot close streets. And he was successful in stopping the, uh, the, the latest protest, not from occurring. They did occur. They just couldn't close streets. Out of usually having 10 to like 20 or even more streets closed, they only got two streets closed after a lot of uh, uh, a little back and forth. And that was a huge success because mo most of Argentinians were saying like, oh, that's great. We can actually get to work. Like, that's, that's amazing. Just imagine that the greatest news you have from mm -hmm. your political system is that you can make it on time and work. This is where they are. So we can actually help them out move forward because they're already taking care of basic needs such as security and the basic need of literally having access to international markets so they can have more resources. It's not strange that middle-class people, very well-educated people cannot, I'm not saying they're choosing, but they cannot have three meals a day. Mm. Just to tell you, I, I just can't afford it. That's this it. is good stuff. Aaron, I think that uh, we've definitely gone uh, all over the place in terms of uh, what Javier Malay's accomplishments are. There's probably dozens more we could talk about for hours. I think that, Aaron, we're definitely going to have to have you back on the show because we're getting yes, such great feedback. You are so knowledgeable, so um, smart. So great stuff. And we definitely want to talk to you more about coming to Argentina next December for the Bitcoin conference. I saw a couple of the uh, commenters like Camelia and, other, and Quest are like, let's go to Argentina. So <laughs> maybe we'll bring with us a whole crew down there next year. That would be great. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? Uh, I'm not sure. Just uh, following me on Twitter. I highly recommend. I'll be putting some, uh, some people to follow. I tend to cover mainly the macroeconomic stuff. Uh, Bowtie Mara. I'll, I'll give you guys the link. He covers a lot of the culture stuff so that you understand the, the Argentinian culture. He goes through like food, uh, what are the good places to go to visit. Oh. He, he very specializes on foreigners that either want to invest or want to know details about Argentina. He's originally, uh, he's a Dutch uh, citizen and Argentinian citizen at the same time, but he, uh, he's multilingual. So he speaks, he usually posts in English, so it's easy to follow. Uh, follow me for the macros, for the economic oh, wow. stuff, if you wish. What is your Twitter stuff. name? How can I follow you? I'm trying to find you. Yeah. So his name uh, is down there. His name is oh. down underneath his uh, picture here. And that's how to spell it for those who are curious. Yes. Aaron. It's, I have it as Aaron Sepulveda Z, just with, with, just with a Z at the end, if you can find me. And then I'll, I'll send the bow time. And it looks like our, our mods are dropping it in the Rumble okay, chat good. as well. So it's a, it's a good thing, Aaron, to um, to go into the Rumble chat, the live chat during the show. And uh, just for the mods to know, we usually don't allow promotion, but guests are always allowed to promote their their content oh, and sorry. their stuff. So no, 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 oh, it's fine. You're fine. It's fine. We want you so to. We want, we want our guests, of course, to to feel free to promote. So Aaron, if you'd like to join us there in the Rumble chat afterwards, drop your Twitter or any other links that you think are fine. Just so the mods know, um, Aaron is uh, you know free to post whatever content he likes, so that uh, you guys don't ban him. There we go. <laughs> hey, Aaron, this was a great conversation. Everybody says bring him back. Thanks so much, brother. Gracias. Hey, yeah, gracias, and happy New Year to you, brother. We'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. Feliz año nuevo. Take care. Thank you very much. Thanks for supporting Liberty. Wow, that was awesome, huh? It was so mind blowing. I mean, it just really put things in perspective for me. I. Mm -hmm. Because as Americans, we're just so stuck in our bubble and we think we think everyone else thinks how we do. And I think that's part of the Middle East issue is we think that, you know, people in the Middle East 
have the same mindset as we do. But he was showing us that in Argentina, they have such different priorities. Mm. I mean, they want a functional society. We have a functional society in America, but we just want to make it better. Yeah, we are so blessed here. We are so blessed. Do you want to watch the the video that of ours that Javier Malay just retweeted? Oh, sure. Okay, here's what uh, Javier Malay of Argentina, the president of freaking Argentina, just reposted. Take a look and a listen. Around the world. Because Javier Malay believes in free trade. Mm. Javier Malay is not going to put import tariffs on his people. Javier Malay is going to advance true free market economics. This is an experiment. And it's something that the world has never seen before. And we'll probably never again see in our lifetime something like this, mm. right? Javier understands the principles. He can bring these reforms about because he actually understands what price controls, wage right. controls, what socialism is, what central planning is. And he's already, you know, he's already says that the people who are blocking their streets down there, they're going to have their welfare removed. Mm. You're allowed to protest, he says, and the, the, they're already calling me a fascist. Right? Oh, I know. Be- so stupid. Right. Because they, these people, they call everything a fascist. They don't. <laughs> That's what Javier Malay just retweeted, along with the link to a Rumble channel. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing stuff this morning. We've been blowing it up. I mean, Aaron was an awesome guest. Oh, you know, he, he knows so, so, so much. And mm-hmm. he just really opened my eyes to what the people in Argentina are like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really just live in a different world. And I, I wish I could you know, connect with somebody in Argentina and be like, tell me about your life. What is your day-to-day life like? Mm-hmm. What are you worried about every day? Yeah, yeah. Because these people are worried about their basic needs. I mean, these are things that most Americans don't have to worry about on well, a daily basis. And, and that's why I kind of bristle at criticisms of him that are things that are so completely ridiculous, like, uh, oh, he supports Israel. He doesn't have, they, they have no military, right? They're not going to get involved in this. Right, and like like Aaron said, I mean, it's really not important it's not about important. his foreign policy. He, they're going to dollarize. Well, they have to because that's what the people of Argentina want, and they owe billions of dollars around the world that they have to pay back in dollars, and so they have to get their economy functioning right now. And the most stable currency, like it or not, as much as we dislike the Federal Reserve, like it or not, is the American dollar, right? And really do have it pretty good, everybody. Yeah, we do. It's like my friend Alejandro. He's the one who introduced us, by the Uh way, to Aaron. Um, Alejandro uh, was telling us, he's like, listen, you guys can say all day long, oh, the dollar's lost so much value. The dollar's not worth crap. But if you take a fistful of dollars to Buenos Aires, your dollars will go far. Right, Absolutely. you take your dollars outside of the United States, and they spend. Right, if you have uh, Argentinian pesos and you go to France, those don't those don't spend. You go to France, yeah. you got dollars, they'll spend. You know, that's why it's even more hard to wrap my mind around because I'm like, here in America, all we do is exchange dollars and sure, maybe gold if you're like bartering. Mm-hmm. But it's like, imagine if somebody presented to you like a peso in America. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't imagine accepting multiple forms of currency mm-hmm. when you're going to the store. Somebody's handing us all different types of so money. Aaron's compliment of me at the beginning of this, when I was talking about dollarization, was my explanation of free banking uh-huh. uh, and what Javier Malay would like to work towards. They won't have right away, but they would like to work towards is this concept that Friedrich Hayek really advanced. He was the one who really pioneered this concept of this idea of a basket of currencies where current you don't just have one national dollar, mm-hmm. 
but Bitcoin or dollars or pesos or what, what yeah, have you. Yeah, we do have Bitcoin, but it's like you don't really go to the store every day well, and say, hey, I'm pinging Bitcoin. So if you have a dollar in your pocket, you yeah. can see on the dollar, it, there's this thing in the United States called legal tender laws. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into too much of the weeds of this, but other than to say the idea is that you would not have legal tender laws where you're forced to accept dollars, right? If somebody mm -hmm. brings a dollar to pay for something in a shop, mm -hmm. it's the law that you have to accept it, right? It is. You could get yeah, here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, those are legal tender laws. Yeah. Right, but if you go to a uh, to a uh, Ace Hardware and you want to pay in Bitcoin, they don't have to accept that. Right. Right, it's their choice. The idea is is that a store could be transactional entirely in Bitcoin if they want. They're not forced to use dollars or to accept you know, legal tender that, that they want. Right. Right. So it's, it's really just about freedom to bank as you please. The United States experimented with free banking during a brief period in what we call the Gilded Age. Mm -hmm. Right. And the left hates this era. But who was president during the late 1800s that we're writing our second children's book about? Oh, Grover Cleveland. The Gilded Age, they call the age of robber barons. Mm -hmm. But this was the era of the Wild West. This was the era of property rights and gold and guns and God and girls and, you know, outhouses and saloons, right? And 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 this was a great time in American history, the the, the end of the Industrial Revolution and the, and the mechanization of the United States until eventually we got to the digitalization in the 1980s, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but the um, the Gilded Age was a time of free banking to a large extent until the Federal Reserve Act was passed in 1913, 1913. which ended the age or the era of free banking. Boo. Boo. Exactly. Where's my boo button? Boo. 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 Eh. Right. So anyways, so this is this is all so exciting. Oh. Can, go ahead. Yeah. The other thing that I want to bring up, because he was talking about the rhetoric, right? Mm -hmm. So Millet is copying the rhetoric of Trump. But I'm like... Can someone like Millet really come to America and win? Is that possible? Because we already have a functional society. Mm -hmm. So how can we convince America that we can make our society more functional using our libertarian values? Is that possible? That's, that's, you see, that's the great question, Stephanie, because Maria Edenbo, our friend over in the chat, was just saying a few minutes ago, does, is, the, is the, the sad story, is the sad reality that you have to hit rock bottom? That might be the case. I think so. Right? The At the, least in therapy, I noticed that most of my clients don't change until they really do hit a very low spot. Right, right. Isn't that reality? I mean, yeah. I think Milton Friedman once said that. He's like, nothing ever changes until there's a crisis. Yes. And then in, a, in the crisis is the opportunity, typically, that the socialists take advantage of. But we libertarians have to learn from Javier Malay and what he's done. We have to learn from Donald Trump. We have to learn from success and we have to get out of this loser mindset that we have had. And we have got to figure out a way to advance our principles. Libertad, libertad avanza. Right? Well, and we, Aaron also was saying that Javier was totally against the left side. He's like, they're not going to vote for me. I'm just going to bash them. So maybe that's another tactic that we have to use, which I think most libertarians use anyway, is we bash the left. Everybody. Yes. Call them shit leftists. Okay. Right? We so have we'll, to mock them, humiliate yeah. them. Right. So this fight against the this wokeness, woke nonsense, for example, is part and parcel of this fight against the left. Mm -hmm. Right. This this uh the battle, the cultural battle in the United States, which Javier endorses. Many libertarians are like, we don't want to get involved in the cultural battles and things like that. No, no, we need to get involved in the cultural battle because Culture politics is downstream from culture, right? So rhetoric matters. What you're against matters. And it reminds me of that book that I keep talking about forever and ever that I love, you know, so much, the, the 33 Strategies of War. Mm -hmm. I remember when I, when I first introduced the, the chapter 
of the first chapter of the book to you and my brother, Justin, I think it was a Christmas like last year, mm -hmm. not this year, but I remember introducing you both to the first chapter and Justin especially blanched at this, which is that declare war on your enemies Yeah, was the number one strategy. And it wasn't just about, you know, declaring literal war. It was also a metaphor for declaring war on your enemies as a way to determine who you are. Mm -hmm. So many people go through this life and they don't have any sense of self or understanding of who they are, or what their self-worth is, or, it, or what, what do they even, many people don't even know what they stand for. Right. And so in this book, this concept of a strategy of war is when you declare war on your enemies, what you're doing is you first define what you are against. Mm -hmm. Because when you know, sometimes it's easier to know what you're not for than it is oh, to know what you are I for. I always say that. Yes. Think about what you don't like, what? and then that'll help you figure out what you like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so this was the first strategy of the strategies of war. Highly recommend that book if you haven't read it. Uh, 33 Strategies of War by Robert Greene. Um, and it's the first one is declare war on your enemies, meaning that know who your enemies are, right? Sun Tzu, Art of War, and know who you are and who your enemies are and a thousand battles you shall not lose. The thing about libertarians is I feel like they have way too many enemies. I mean, they they hate everybody. And We're I our think that's worst what enemies. our problem is. We just we have war enemies. against the left and the right as libertarians. Well, and here's the, but, and here's the thing, you know, like it or not, um, defining an enemy and having a well-defined enemy it, it rallies people to your side because it, just like with nationalism, for example, it, it goes to show we're all on the same side against the Japs and the Germans, right? So we're all going to stand together because we know we're, we're against them and we've, we have a well-defined enemy. So it's easier to unite people against something than it is to unite them for something like it or not, right? Yeah, like it or not. In history, I mean, with Hitler, he was against something and made people be at war. Yeah. With the people he didn't like. Yeah, one of our, and it worked. One of our commenters, Libtard, says, meme them until they cry, then make memes of them crying. Sun Tzu, the art of war. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, good morning. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, the numbers have just been going up and up and up. Really? 500 people watching us live this morning. Yo, what's up? How you doing? Do me a favor, will you click like and subscribe to the channel, especially if you've been enjoying this conversation. We'd love to have you come back and join us here on the show Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The Wake Up America show streams live. I'm Austin Peterson. This is my smoking hot right ahead of libertarian wife, Stephanie. Hey, Hi. Uh, I'm her basically trying to figure out how to save the world from this interview. <laughs> like, how can we make this work in America? Doesn't Javier like give you like so much hope? Right. Like I feel yeah. like so energized by Javier and what he's accomplishing. I do. The The tough thing is, I just feel like he's in another world. Yeah. It's almost like he's an alien mm -hmm. and, and we'll never be able to experience this. Well, so Aaron Sepulveda um, invited us to the Bitcoin conference in Argentina yeah. a year from now. Yeah. So that might be our opportunity, right, mm -hmm. to go to Argentina, to bring some friends with us, maybe a team of friends who want mm -hmm. to go to the conference and also maybe in, that's the chance to invest in Argentina. It sounds like Aaron knows somebody who can Oh, Aaron's on us. the, he said he's part of the Bitcoin like board or organization well, so or he something. Wants, so he, he invited me to speak at their Bitcoin conference yeah. in, in Buenos Aires in December. Right. So uh, if everything goes well and we, we managed to, to get that done, that, yeah. that deal done, then we'll go to Argentina a year from now. Yeah. But from now until next year, we need to build up our connections down there. We need to, uh, like, we last night we watched the video about the geography of Learn Argentina. Learn Spanish. We need to 
We need to learn some Spanish. We need to get a sponsor for a language program. Well, here's the thing: we did great when we went to um, when we went to Japan. We were we, we learned enough Japanese to be dangerous. We do, and I did learn Spanish in seventh grade, mm-hmm. so I think it's like I know enough of basics to kind of pick up on how to form sentences. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be super hard, especially knowing another Romance language, which is French. That's the language we both know, and it's very similar to Spanish. In well, terms it's a of romance language, how they so we'll be able, sentences. we'll be able, yeah, we'll be able to understand some mm-hmm. of it un poquito, right? So mm-hmm. we'll learn enough to be dangerous, and we'll go to Argentina a year from now. We'll bring dollars and investments, and we will um, hopefully we'll all prosper together. Yeah. Uh, Quest Fanning, speaking of prospering, drops a couple bucks in the tip jar. Hey, Quest, thank you. Thank you. He says, having moved right myself, I've spent much energy arguing and persuading leftists. However. The left now seems fully ossified, he says. Yes, I agree. Ossified is like hardened like bone, mm. right? They, they, they are immovable. I completely agree. I think that the left is largely uh, incapable of, is largely immune to reason. That's why we can't depend on them. Right. So in this next election, whoever's running for president, Vivek, he has to go against the left and say, you know what? We don't need to compromise with you. Yeah, I think that, I think that the, um, exactly. I think that the the best case scenario for us at this point is that when when Donald Trump wins the nomination of the Republican Party, that he picks Vivek Ramaswamy to mm-hmm. be his vice presidential pick because of all the Republicans that are out there right now on the national level. Vivek is the closest to you and me. Yes, yes. And I think, too, Aaron was saying that the other thing about Javier is he explained how he would get things done. Mm -hmm. And Vivek does that. Yes. He explains his plan of how he would make all of these changes. Mm -hmm. So I I think Vivek is pretty close to Javier. Maybe he just needs like a little bit more Riz or something. No, A little bit more Rebel. I like Vivek. I mean, a lot of people are kind of, uh, I don't know, turned off by Vivek Mm -hmm. because he's kind of young and impetuous and stuff. But that reminds me of me when I ran for president and stuff. And it's really, it's exciting to see a young person running for president like that because it just, you know, it brings back so much nostalgia for my campaign in one part. And then on the other hand, he says a lot of things I agree with. Some things I don't, but I really think that he is one of the, one of the best spokesman for liberty in the united states Mm -hmm. uh and i even tweeted this the other day and javier retweeted that i said the top three spokesmen for liberty in the in the on the world stage right now is javier malay uh um vivek ramaswamy and elon musk Mm -hmm. i see them as probably the biggest advocates for liberty in the world right now that have the eyes of the world on us so Barney Styles says AP is going to start running Spanish language commercials. Yes. <laughs> you know, I really do hope that Elon Musk has his eyes on Javier Malay. I don't know if they have a I relationship, but I really hope maybe Elon can invest in some businesses down mm-hmm. there, some electric vehicle plants or something. I don't yeah. know. Can you launch rockets from Argentina? I'm not know. sure. I don't know. Maybe the northern tip of it, right? <laughs> right? One listener texted in and said, try Duolingo for Spanish. Yes, Spanish. I've actually heard about that one. Or there's like a, ro- what is it, Rose mm-hmm. something? Rose something that's it's another language I'm not sure. company. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll, Rosetta Stone. We'll, Rosetta, Rosetta Stone. Stone. Yeah, that's we'll, what we'll it is. We'll learn enough Spanish to be dangerous before we yes. go. So we'll be able to, you know, do business and do whatever we need to do when we go to Argentina a year from now. Hey, hey, how exciting would that be? Vamanos, vamanos, muchachos, <laughs> mi amigo. All right. Well, this has been a great show so far. We've got 20 minutes left to go um, and still lots more to discuss. We've got, there's like 10 topics that we didn't get to this morning. So I know. I tell you what. We've been so distracted. Here's the thing. Since we're not going to be here on Monday, mm-hmm. um, we'll give you guys an opportunity to get a, to get the show to be a little bit longer. 
let's do this, Stephanie. Like we do this every once in a while mm-hmm. where we'll offer to extend the show yeah. for a price. Um, if we can raise $50 okay. in the next 20 minutes from Rumble Rants, mm-hmm. then, um, and I tell you what, we'll also extend that to the shop, apforlibertyshop.com. If we can raise another $50 in, in sales and in rants combined, then we will do another 30 minutes of the show. How does that sound? Does that sound fair? Sounds we've got, pretty good to me. What we, we have like so many other topics. We do. We've got like 10 other topics that we want well, to discuss. Well, we were going to talk about short haircuts and women. Women who cut uh, their hair short because, uh, as a way to stop competition. We were going to talk about a movie that is anti-woke. We were going to talk about, oh, we've got this movie that's uh, that's theoretically anti-woke that we were going to play the clip of. The highlights of the year. The highlights of the year. The best moments of 2023. Uh, Taylor, and Taylor Swift. Swift and Travis Kelsey. And we've also, I mean, we've got so much stuff. So anyways, if we can raise another $50 in rants or in sales, then uh, we will do another, um, we will do another 30 minutes for the Wake Up America show because it's the last show before 2024. So, yeah. okay, Stephanie, do you, while we're doing this right now, do you want to briefly um, introduce our, our, um, our coffee and explain to people about our uh, delicious coffee flavors that we have? Sure. Founding flavors. Have you heard of it? Have you tasted it? Mm -hmm. They are the flavors of the founding fathers. (laughs) We have some examples right here. Mm -hmm. These are the actual packages that will come to your house. And we have Adam's Patriotic Perk. So we have dark roast, light roast, medium roast. We also have a single origin blend. And I think our Martha's Mint, which was our holiday edition, it's probably gone. No, it's actually today's the last day. Oh, so people can still buy it. You can still buy it today. today. Yes. Martha's My Mint. goodness. You got to hop on that, people, because it's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it smells so yummy, at least. Mm-hmm. And you can also get decaf if you really don't like caffeine, like moi. Where do people get it? So you go to ap4libertyshop.com. And again, if you buy something right now, it goes towards your the $50 donation yep. box Joni to Rank- keep us going. Joni Rankin just donated 10 bucks. So Thank you, Joni. Thank you, Joni. We have Washington's Revolutionary Roast based on George Washington. We have Thomas's Painkiller. That's the one you gave to your brother for mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah, we actually gave all of Austin's family coffee for Christmas and, and they loved it. They're so excited. And I mean, these boxes are super artistic. Austin and I designed them ourselves. And uh, so you can literally just keep them as an art piece on your shelf. Yeah. Even after the coffee is gone. So go to apforlibertyshop.com, buy Founding Flavors Coffee today. There's even some reusable Keurig cups that you can buy. It's so funny. People come to our website and they only buy the Keurig cups. Yeah. (laughs) And nothing else. So we're like, wow, that's cool. So we are your source for renewable Keurig cups. Oh, and we also we have a couple of really like like amazing discounts going on at the shop. There are so many to keep track of. What in the world is on sale right now? So we have three major discounts. Uh, we have a 50% off discount on our George Washington smoking coins. 50% off? Right. So okay. that's on the top of the website. So when you see like the slides going at the top of the website, mm-hmm. it'll say you just click on the button mm-hmm. of the George Washington coin and it'll give you the 50% discount. Automatically. Right. Our metal signs. Okay. Metal signs. They're 15% off. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah, so our metal, metal signs, signs, they're customizable. Most of them. You can put your own words on there and make your own 
design, whatever you want to say, Javier Malay 2024, Viva la Libertad, Carajo. Yes. You can make anything and you can make them in different colors, different sizes. So it's really fun. There you go. Uh, Pork Chop 159 just dropped 10 bucks in the kitty. So we're $20 there. 20. Do we also include like what Quest did earlier? Um, no, we're only oh, okay. going to include things since we started the contest. <laughs> Look <laughs> Sorry, at me guys. trying to cut corners. Don't you do that. Uh, we've got uh, 15 more minutes left to raise $30. <laughs> and if we get sales at the shop, then those count, obviously. Yes. Um, and we've got a lot more dis to discuss, obviously, the oh. best moments of 2023. We also so. have the Javier Malay shirt on sale, don't we? The Javier Malay shirt is on sale. Yes, Stephanie, thank you Viva for remembering. Viva la libertad, carajo. Viva la libertad, carajo. Oh. And last night you made a new mug and a new tumbler. A new uh, Javier Malay. For Javier Malay. Uh, we're going to start pumping out Javier Malay merchandise because Heck we want to yes, we we spread the word of what Javier Malay is doing in Argentina. So here's the shirt that you can get over there. It's 25% off, but you have to use the code A. You have to use the code Javier Malay. Javier. There you go. Okay. So Javier Malay is the code, and you'll get 25% off our Viva la Libertad Carajo shirt. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, well, it looks like we're going for another 30 minutes, Stephanie. No. Why? Because Rare Camellia just donated $30 oh. over in the live stream. She's Thank so you, sweet. Camellia. Thank you. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. We My appreciate goodness. that. Thank you, Camellia. No. And she's already a monthly donor, too. I know. She, she gives says, to us too much. She does. Love you yes. guys. Happy New Year and bless Javier Malay for giving us hope for liberty. Let's oh. go to Argentina. Oh. Yeah. Isn't That'd that nice? be awesome. Yes. yes. Levintu14 donated $40 says, oh. don't cut your hair short, ladies. <laughs> I've done that two times in my life. Yes. Um, well, let's just talk about it briefly because we are going to, you know, we are going to go on. But there was this study that showed that women who see other women as attractive as they are, mm -hmm. they apparently will recommend to that woman if they have the chance to cut mm -hmm. their hair short. What did you think about that, Steffi? I was trying to think if I've ever suggested anything to women before like that like oh yeah you should totally <laughs> well, cut your hair short i think it's more so when women ask you like how do you like my outfit <laughs> you know but the thing is when women ask the opinion of anyone mm -hmm. they have to expect that that person is going to white lie to them mm -hmm. especially men because <laughs> women get way too upset if you give them your real opinion yes so it's like imagine a woman who's already wanting a short haircut and she's like do you think i should cut my hair short and you're like, no, you should keep it long. So you're sexy and wanted by men. Then she'd get offended, right? So it's like you almost have to go along with her and be like, oh, sure, cut it short. I could see where that would work. Oh, Great yeah, that you. pixie cut. It's so Great. in right now. So hot. You look like Princess Diana. Because you know they already want to do that. They just want your validation to do that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I have cut my hair short two times in my life. The very first time was a traumatic incident when I was in second grade. Mm -hmm. They used to have um, like model heads mm -hmm. in the beauty salon. Mm -hmm. And so it was an adult model head. I was a child, mind you. And the hair was like probably just below like the ears. It was like chin level. I thought it was a super cute bob. I asked to have it. It was way shorter. It was like at my ear level. And I looked I looked like an Amish boy. And um, I really regretted that haircut. Mm -hmm. It was embarrassing. Yep. And and then <laughs> but then I got my haircut the second time when I I think I was like my early 20s ish. Mm. But it was super cute because I wore um, hair paste. Mm -hmm. So I like made it all edgy with like all the layers and stuff. It was it was kind of like emo style. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. Uh, we got to say thanks to to uh, Kermode Bear. He dropped $10 in the oh tip jar. Goodness. Thank you. Oh, 
And one of our listeners just bought a bag of Tom or box oh. of Thomas's painkiller coffee. No you guys, lovely? seriously, we Thank have it right guys. here. Yeah, the painkiller coffee. Pain That's my favorite. That's the Colombian single <gasps> origin. We have to give away coffee today. We are going to give away coffee today to our monthly subscribers. Yep. So one of our monthly subscribers is going to receive a free box of Founding Flavors coffee. And I know exactly who it is because really? I picked the winner. <gasps> Right. And the winner is, blah, 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 bum, bum, I forgot bum, to put my bum, drum bum, roll bum. in there, is Floby Tenderson. Yeah. We love you, Floby. Floby. Yo, Floby, you are the winner of a free box of Founding Flavors Coffee. All I need you to do is to hit me up over on the text messaging app, 573 319 1586. Let me know, uh, Floby, which box of coffee you want and where I should send it. Um, so hit me up over the text line and thanks for being a monthly supporter of the wake up America show. You can be a monthly supporter too at wakeupamericashow.com slash support. Or if you're a monthly supporter on rumble.com, that counts as well. Floby actually donated like two years worth of monthly donations oh in Bitcoin. Can you believe oh, that? Wow. I do remember that. Yeah. Thank you. Talking about other currencies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Floby. We appreciate that very much. Uh, do us a favor, Floby, hit us up over on the text line and let us know where you want us, which box of coffee you want and where we should send it. Mm -hmm. And we will send you your free box of coffee. So that's one of the perks that we have of being a monthly subscriber to the yeah. show. We yeah. give away free gifts from the AP for Liberty shop. We have raffles and you signs. You get a and... 20% off mm -hmm. always. It never runs out. 20% yep. off coupon code. That's super secret. Yep. And we actually just uh, sold another item in the shop there. No. So yes, we did. What was yes. It? Uh, this is the very first time we've ever sold one. A make taxation theft again Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? You people. That is awesome. Yeah. So we've had those in the shop for quite a while. So it's one of those Bluetooth speakers like oh. the ones that I like. Yay. Uh, and uh, you can get those over at the shop. So if, for example, like Porkchop, he's a monthly subscriber. Mm -hmm. He's an a donor. He got it for 20% off. Mm -hmm. So you can get all kinds of great discounts at the shop if you're a monthly subscriber. So if you're a monthly subscriber already and you're not, um, you know, using your discount code, mm -hmm. hit us up. Let us know. Like, we don't have the discount code. Just get in touch with us and we'll make sure you get your discount code. Okay. W because uh, people have been so generous this morning, we are going for an extra 30 minutes into overtime today on the Wake Up America show. Right. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about hair. Okay. Continue, stuff. <laughs> so the only woman that I know that has really rocked a short haircut is Princess Diana. Yes. Princess Diana did look good with short. She would look good no matter what she did. She probably could have been bald and been You have to have but... a certain type of face for it. Very angular features. Angular, okay. very angular features, right? Yes. So, like, you know, most people can't. Just like most men, like, probably can't rock being bald. For example, mm -hmm. not every because you have to have a certain shaped head, as right? A man if it's like be, a cone head, that looks weird. If you have a cone head, or like for me, like I think I have like a bit of a lumpy head underneath. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm blessed that I'm 42 and I still have hair, mm -hmm. right? Not not all of us are like like Javier Malay who has like amazing amazing hair, right? Yeah. But I hope I still have that much hair when I'm his age, but. But for guys, like being bald is like being like having the girl pixie cut. Very few people can pull it off. But if you can do it, you know, you probably were going to look good even if you did have hair or if, right. you know, if you had long hair, short hair, bald as a woman. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of women. Usually you see them in like Hollywood who like they will shave like the side of their head and they still yes. look hot. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But it's like they were good. They were hot anyway. Right. Right. So, you know, you can do weird stuff. But 
most of us can't pull it off, right? Most of us are going to have to, you know, deal with, boy, my notifications are blowing up this morning. This is wild. This is wild. This is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of women and uh, feeling competitive with each other, I definitely can see that. Yeah. Tell me about this. How do you feel about it? I mean, especially when you're in like the dating scene Mm -hmm. and there's like one man that everyone's interested in. Mm -hmm. I could see where, you know, you'd really try to rise up. Mm -hmm. You know, you you put that little extra lipstick on for that guy. And you hope that the other girl does not look as good as you. Exactly. Joni Rankin (laughs) says, don't fall for the Bob look. It's named Bob for a reason. Bob's and (laughs) Vagine. Bob's and (laughs) Vagine. Send Bob's and Vagine. Uh, we appreciate that. Floby, thanks so much for supporting the show. We see that you were here. I'm glad that you got to see that. Uh, do me a favor, yes. Floby, and and let us know which box of coffee you want and where you want us to send it. We'll get you your 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 coffee as a gift, as a thank you for supporting the Wake Up America show. Monthly okay. subscribers are are huge for us because they provide long-term sustainability. Mm-hmm. Joni says, this show gives me hope for the future of our country, mm-hmm. so investing in AP for Liberty Aww. is easy. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Joni. We are very grateful for you. It's a small army of people, but it's continuing to grow. If you want to help support the Wake Up America show so we can continue to bring you great interviews like what you heard er earlier with Aaron, I mean, where else are you hearing interviews and discussions like those? Nowhere else are you hearing these kinds of conversations in the morning. So please do consider becoming a monthly subscriber or at a minimum, like and subscribe to the channel for free, of course, and we'd be glad to have your support that way. Um, what else do we have on the show? Oh, uh, let's play this clip. This is this movie that came out and people were kind of saying anti-woke movie. So this is what people are saying. So people are saying that Peter Bogosian tweeted this and says that, uh, MGM Metro Goldwyn Mayer releases a film that suggests Hollywood is distancing itself from wokeness. He says he has a thousand dollar bet with Chris Rufo that the democratic party will cynically reject wokeness in the next six months. Uh, he mm-hmm. says, you can pay me now, Chris. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's watch, this, yeah, let's watch this video of this movie that's coming out, and uh, we'll to give our reaction. We'll hear from the audience as well. Any news? Editors, they want a black book. They have one. I'm black, and it's my book. Look at what they expect us to write. Would you read an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, where you be going in a hurry like that? If and you gots to know, I was going to the pharmacy. They want stereotypes? I'll give them one. Nobody's gonna publish this. I just wanna rub their noses in it. We love it. What? what? It is very, uh... Black? Yes, that's it. I'm happy you said it and not me. <laughs> give it a I wrote it. It's a joke. People wanna love you, Monk. You should let them love all of you. movie rights. Yes! We think it is going to be the bestseller. I'm sure white people on the Hamptons will delight in it. Yeah, we will. They, they, we, it's going to be huge. Any news? Editors. Okay, so American Fiction. So this is a, a movie about a black man who writes a story where he kind of like that black people call this cooning. Oh, what does that mean? Well, because like coon is a slur, like the you know, N-word. Oh. If you call a black person a coon. But they use it. They use it amongst themselves now as uh, act when you're acting foolish, as okay. a, as as when you're acting like a stereotypical black clowning. The clowning, right? But they specifically call this cooning. Okay. As a way, is it like you're you're fitting into stereotypes of okay. what either white people or non-black people think? Sure. Right. So in this movie, 
this guy, this actor writes these books where his characters are cooning, right? Acting like, you know, talking like, yes, sir, sir, I I gotta go to the pharmacy. Right. And it's, people are seeing this as anti-woke because it's making fun of white leftists who are like applauding blacks for acting like they're cooning, right? And so this movie, I think people have identified, I would say, as anti-woke but I think I disagree. But I'd like to hear your take on it first before I give mine. Go ahead. I mean, the only thing I can compare uh, to woke that's anti-woke is movies from the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. which we've been watching a lot more of. There was a movie recently, actually, that um, showed a boy like dressing up in girls clothes. And it was like no big deal in this movie. Gosh, you're going to have to remind me what movie it was. But anyway. So it's like this movie, at least this trailer, it still seems kind of fake. I mean, it doesn't seem genuine. It seems all very like forced Mm -hmm. in terms of them trying to portray black people in a stereotypical way. It, it, It just doesn't seem genuine. Yes. The movies from the 80s and 90s are just genuine, funny, Mm -hmm. just making jokes about everybody you know, laughing at, at someone who's cross-dressing in the mirror, who's your little brother. So here's here's what I want to do. I want to play this trailer one more time. It's only a minute long. And I want you to think about it like this. This movie to me is not, I don't think, necessarily anti-woke because it, in many ways it maintains what I would call anti-whiteness. Mm-hmm. Can Look at how stupid all of the white people are in this movie, mm-hmm. in this movie trailer. Watch this again and think about how it's depicting white people in general. Now, they're white leftists, yes, but it's still anti-white. Watch. Any news? Editors. They want a black book. They have one. I'm black and it's my book. Look at what they expect us to write. Would you read an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, where you be going in a hurry like that? If and you gots to know, I was going to the pharmacy. They want stereotypes. I'll give them one. And they are giving us stereotypes about white people, aren't they? Mm-hmm. To an extent. Body's right. going to publish this. I just want to rub their noses in it. We love it. What? what? It, it is, is very uh, black. Yes, that's it. I- Look at this. Uh, you know, uh, an, uh, a white liberal woman and an effeminate gay white man, right? You can never portray white people as strong masculine figures. Right. And they're still like incredibly diverse white people that yeah. they're choosing to be in this movie. Exactly. It's not like a guy's guy and a super feminine woman. Yeah. So I, I you know I'm a little skeptical about, you know, anything that is, is uh, you know, allegedly anti-woke mm-hmm. that's going to come out of Hollywood anytime soon, because it still to me has a message that I think is you know, is still advancing the left's narrative, which is anti-white in my view. But yeah, I, mean, I do it. think I think we were actually talking about this with your brother. I really do think celebrities are going their own way more mm-hmm. so now, mm-hmm. such as Russell Brand. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're seeing celebrities not following that leftist viewpoint well, so much Russell anymore. Brand, Russell Brand went off the reservation a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He went off. He's been he's been, a, you know, against. Well, because he's when you speak out for free speech, like Russell Brand, you're going to get hate. You're going against the the deep state. You're mm-hmm. going against the establishment. I mean, that is populist. Um, can uh, everybody who's watching the show this morning, real quick, a real quick break? Can I ask you a favor, guys? We've only got 54 likes on the stream, and we've got like 600 people watching. 
650. Well, that was uh, quite unbalanced. Could we get a hundred? Yeah, could we get a hundred likes over on the stream? We'd appreciate that, guys. Thanks. While you're there, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel as well, because I know for many of you today is the first time watching the Wake Up America show. So make sure that you come back and join us by clicking that subscribe button too. But 54 mm. likes and 660 people are watching. just assuming they're watching, but they don't actually like what they're watching. No, Is that what you really mean, everybody? I think everybody? they like the show, Stephanie. I think they like the show. So you need to show us that because we don't know. Do you love America? America? Is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, a... <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, I'm Austin Peterson, the host of the show. Glad to have you here. This smoking hot redheaded libertarian to my left is my is my wife, Stephanie. My wife. Hello. Hey. It's nice to see so many new names and faces on the show today. Today, Mighty Megatron here with us. He says hi. is saying hi. Polish dog nine eight nine. What's up, Polish? Nice to Polish. see you. Yeah, glad my to have you here. My great grandfather was Polish. Hello. Yep, Citizen James. First time seeing you here today. Welcome, Citizen James. Glad to have you. All the new faces and friends here today yeah yeah we appreciate that very much 704 people watching us live we are going to go for another extra 30 minutes thanks to all of our viewers and listeners today we've been talking this morning about the accomplishments of javier Malay. so if you missed that conversation you definitely want to go back and watch after the show the conversation we had with the economist uh aaron sepulveda about what javier Malay has done and wow it's it, it's he's so inspiring to me Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, what Javier Malay is doing right now. And I want so badly to bring this to the United States and hopefully we can. I know. I just, I don't know if we're in the right place to do it. I yeah. mean, it, it's the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. You have to have the right conditions. Well, can we say, cause now it's time for us to talk a little bit this morning. Good morning, Agora Greg. Um, um, now it's time for us to talk this morning about the best of 2023. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is the perfect time to transition and say definitely the election of Javier Malay was one of the best things of 2023. Oh, absolutely. Finish off the year right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't really following his campaign mm -hmm. except the very first time uh, when they had they had two elections and the first time he yes. didn't win. Right. right. And then there was the second one. So I was kind of following it a little bit before then, but I, I didn't really know much about Argentina before this year, honestly. Mm -hmm. I never had studied that country, never knew anybody there. Yeah, no, I didn't know much about Argentina other than like the World War II related history, honestly, mm -hmm. not, not so good. But, but um, and, and a little bit about Buenos Aires, but, um, but I always kind of saw it as a, as a country that was sort of, you know, not third world necessarily, but just like not the economic superpower that they used to be in the early 1900s. Because no. as we learned last night, Argentina was at one point, they had a larger economy than the United States. Wow. Yeah. 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 Because it's a massive country. And mm -hmm. so you know, they, somebody who messaged me last night, this very sweet lady, um, uh, she was messaging me saying she just wants to have a normal country again, right? A functioning economy. I mean, can you imagine what, what is it must normal? be like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different versions of normal. I just don't even know how to define that anymore. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the healthcare system in Argentina, I mean, that was the most shocking to me. Mm -hmm. You can just go to a doctor's living room and get medical care mm -hmm. and it's so unregulated. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that what we should be aiming for here in America? And the fact that Aaron actually goes across the border to Mexico for his medical care? 
Yeah. I mean, that's the first I've ever heard of something like that. Well, I've heard of people going to Mexico uh, to get like like um, uh, dentistry and things like that. Plastic done. surgery. Plastic surgery. I hear it's that so much a lot. Less expensive, mm-hmm. right? But but anyway, so we're talking about what was the best of 2023. Yes. So, yes. so Javier, Javier Malay, and I think honestly, he's probably going to win the uh, the best of 2024 as well. So yes. let's give it up for. Javier Malay, definitely one of the best things, if not the best thing, uh, for um, uh, for 2023. Another big win for 2023 has been, I would say, Rumble.com. Yes. I mean, I don't even think, were we even on Rumble like a year ago? We were. So it was actually Neil, my buddy Neil, who convinced me. He's like, you need to get on Rumble. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, like another platform to try and build up and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But when YouTube demonetized us mm-hmm. uh, in like June or July or something of last year, Rumble reached out and said, we'd love to feature your show right. and support you. And you guys could be here and do your show and monetizing. And here we are right now, the front page of Rumble.com. They, they take the YouTube refugees. They do. Because <laughs> I know a few others who well, found like, safety like, there. Thing. Like, are we like... I won't say that necessarily like, I'm wholesome. I mean, you are. Yeah. But like the Wake Up America show, it's it's not that like it's not that like out of stuff. Like we're not that crazy. You know no, what I mean, like, I mean the- we're not talking about like conspiracy theories all day. I think a lot of these like conspiracy theory channels, I mean, they just they get go, hit. They get hit. Above every and time. beyond. Well, the, the conspiracy channels, they will like fact check shit out of them but they do it to us too they do it to me too even though i i don't like i i only typically post things that i can independently verify and i very rarely like 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 will base a story around a rumor or something yeah. like that but uh even still i mean conspiracy theorists they should have free speech i i always thought it was wrong alex jones getting back on twitter maybe one of the best of 2023 that's a highlight that's a highlight absolutely i mean free speech i i used to fangirl for him back in the 2010, 2011. You get excited when you hear his voice. Oh, yeah. I wanted to meet him at Pokey Joe's and and share some spring water with him and warn the waitresses about the fluoride in the tap water. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yesterday, I had like an Alex Jones clip come up in my reels as I was going, uh, as I was going to, uh, as I was just working at home. And um, Stephanie was like, oh, is that how you're watching Alex Jones this morning? She's a big (laughs) Alex Jones fan there. (laughs) Yes. He's so entertaining. So yes, having him back is very nice. That was a big win for uh, free speech in 2023. So uh, we're talking about the big highlights, uh, best moments of 2023. Um, a couple of like my personal victories, I would say, um, some very viral videos that I made early in the year. The Guns of the Presidents. Oh my gosh. Mario, my nephew, was like, I love those videos, man. Yes, the history videos, the reels. YouTube really... They liked our reels. The people on YouTube really well, watched. They a lot. demonetized some of my some of my guns of the presidents. Mm-hmm. They demonetized like yes. my John F. Kennedy one, for example, because I was talking about the gun that was used to kill him with, and, mm-hmm. and so there's they did kind of clamp down. Um, but Instagram, for some reason, not so much. They were a little bit more welcoming to the guns of the presidents. And you were on things. TikTok for a very short while. Oh, I got banned from TikTok <laughs> in uh, 2023. Yeah, we were trying to share your gun reels on there yeah, for no. a little bit. No, they banned. Actually, the reason why I got banned from TikTok is because I posted a meme of two cats standing in front of the IRS building. And one of the cats was uh, making a joke about, they, they was holding a can of gasoline and was making a joke about 
<laughs> burning down oh, the, boy. the IRS. <laughs> that sounds like insurrection. <laughs> I guess I'll never be able to run for office. And yeah. I'll be able to be on the ballot because of insurrection. So. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I got banned from TikTok for a burn down the IRS meme, which, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm proud of that. Here you go. There, how's that? Yeah. So, yes, you made those videos. Mm -hmm. 20, so, but the videos, what did I use to make the videos? AI. AI. So 2023, like the one of the highlights of 2023, artificial intelligence, right? Big yeah. One. You know, it's it's so funny because it's like now we know things, but I don't remember when I didn't know them. So I don't remember before AI existed. You know, it's like I, I can't I can't even tell like what month it was that we discovered AI mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. But I know we I use it, was, it every single it was, day now. I think it was February. OK, yeah. February. Yeah, we use AI every single day. Um, I use at least two to three AI platforms right before the show every morning. Mm -hmm. So for example, the, the thumbnails, like the awesome, like video thumbnails, the animated thumbnails on rumble and on Twitter that you see those I make with artificial intelligence. So I use mid journey to create the images. I use chat GPT to like help with the titles. Uh, and I use Adobe's image generator as well if I need to like fill in mm -hmm. some, something, for example. One of the neat things is like, for example, that, that AI can do is that if you actually, I think I can actually pull it up. So on the Javier Malay shirt over at APforLibertyShop.com, I'll pull a picture up of it right now. Are we? ForLibertyShop.com. You get 15% off. We used Adobe to put that together. We used Adobe to put mm -hmm. this together, mid-journey to make the lion. Um, but here's something interesting about the line. You won't be able to see it on your screen right now, but if you want to go to the shop and look at it, you get 25%, by the way, off of this shirt today, if you use code Javier Malay, all one word. But so this lion, I generated him using AI, but his eyes were empty. The eyes were blank. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So what I did was I used Adobe to clear out. I, po I, I basically just like carved his eyes out, carved the holes out to make a blank space. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, I put in uh, what's called a, a generative fill. Yes. So, and I told it, fill this with the eye of a lion. Mm -hmm. And it, it, in, that, in the hole where the lion's eye was, it made a lion's eye. Yeah, it's so amazing. Beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Okay. So, so what are the possibilities that you can do? Like uh, Justin was, for example, was here yesterday. We made that video together of him. Mm -hmm. And what did I do for Justin? I, I, I created all these beautiful AI images of him in like MGM movies from the 1930s. Right. Uh, and I, um, I was like, okay, Justin, I'm going to make you wearing a bow tie now. So I generative filled around his neck, a bow tie and it created, drew a bow tie around him. These, these are skills that you and I, we couldn't do, right? No. We, we wouldn't have these skills. Gosh, right? if no. only your U.S. Senate campaign was right now, I would have the best graphic design game ever. I know, right? Because I was your graphic designer. Imagine what and I had to use Photoshop. If I, if I, if, if these tools existed when I ran for office, you would have turned this oh. our campaign into an AI powerhouse. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I used what I had at the time. Adobe was there, but it was very basic. Yes. Yeah, so the 2023 was definitely the year of AI for sure. So, so very cool. Don't forget that uh, Javier Malay shirt that you see on the screen, 25% off until the end of the year. So use the code Javier Malay, all one word, 25% off that shirt. That, that's not that shirt. That shirt. Yeah. Right there, over there. There you go. There you go. Sounds good. 
Okay, so what else of 2023? What else was a big um, a big year of? Uh, oh, our Cantina Crew trip. Yes. So the Wake Up America show listeners and live stream chat group call themselves the Cantina Crew, mm-hmm. and we have started an annual tradition of a an in real life IRL gathering. And this year we had a great one, didn't we, Stephanie? Yes, we went on a float trip. Oh my gosh, I already forgot the name of the the place that we went to. Mm-hmm. My memory is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so we had a float trip in in Missouri, and uh, it was beautiful. Quest Fanning came, the Unruhs came, mm-hmm. Sunbergs came. We had Robbie Theremin, Camellia. So it's like a lot of the people you see in the chat they were there with us. And it was just wonderful. You know, it's like you just get to have those intimate conversations and, and really just talk to each other as people. We got to meet Joni Rankin. Joni right? Rankin Matt, was there with Matt us. Matt Unruh and his wife, Robin. Yeah. And Quest's whole family was there. Yes, Fanny. he brought his daughter, his wife. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. And we, I mean, uh, some of these people I've been wanting to meet for so long. So next year, we'll definitely do something oh, Bass as well. Bass River Resort. Bass River Resort. That's where it yes. is. Yep. So so 2023 was the year of meeting the Cantina crew. That was a big highlight of the year. Give it up that for was. the Cantina crew. Because like every year, pretty much, we have new people that are in our crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, during your presidential campaign, you had certain people that were in the Freedom Ninja Army group mm-hmm. that were rooting for you. During your U.S. Senate campaign, we had hashtag Team Liberty. That was the group. And then now during your show, we have the Cantina crew and it's ever evolving. I mean, now we're adding Argentinian people to our, our Cantina crew. So it's like we're, we're going international very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a wonderful year and certainly meeting the Cantina crew and getting to be closer to them was one of the big highlights of 2023. We've got 850 people watching the oh Wake Up America goodness. show live right now. What's up, everybody? How are we Hi. doing? Thanks so much for tuning in. We've been talking this morning about Javier Malay's accomplishments. If you missed that mm-hmm. amazing discussion that we had with Aaron Sepulveda, then definitely make sure you go back and watch that after the show. Right now, we're talking about some of the best highlights of 2023. Uh, and of course, um, you know, the, the the biggest and best of things that have been personally, you know, affecting for us. We wrote a children's book, our very first children's book. I know, book. Yeah. that was, I actually, to think about all of our highlights, I went through my Instagram feed. And I was like, whoa, here I am posing with our Calvin, the coolest president book that happened this year. Hard to believe. It's like we've I said to Austin, I'm like, we really are serial entrepreneurs. This is what that means. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are constantly doing a different project, like nearly weekly, if not daily. So, you know, I've kind of burned my boats when it comes to the Wake Up America show, like it, it would be difficult for me to get a regular job at this point. Not mm-hmm. that I would want one, mm-hmm. but the reality is, is that like I am fight or die now. I'm going to make the Wake Up America show and our live stream and podcasting business mm-hmm. successful. AP for Liberty Shop.com. I'm going to grow in 2024. You know, I'm do. We're doing everything that we can to try and grow our marketing skills. You know, we've added text messaging. We've added. You know, we're doing emails. I wasn't doing emails the year before. Now we're writing emails three times a week. Right. We're, we're doing all these like text different alerts and things like that to try and grow Lots our of business. automated AI behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. So if people have mm-hmm. like, maybe if you interact with me on Instagram, for example, you might have gotten an automation that's requested your email, a little mm-hmm. a bots that we've created in order to, to be successful. Because at this time for me, like I've, I've said back to the wall that I'm going to make this a successful libertarian media company 
uh, and I'm going to grow the message of liberty and we're going to make documentaries. 2024 will be our first documentary, which is another big highlight. That was another big highlight. Going to Athens, Tennessee. I had never been there before. Yep. So the Battle of Athens is a story of a real American insurrection, a real rebellion that happened. Now, those people should not be able to run for office. Yeah, or well, should they? No, they should, they should. for sure. World War II veterans who uh, <laughs> fought to take back their uh, ballots, which were being stolen by a corrupt, uh, corrupt local government. Uh, and we've got great interviews from that, which I'm going to turn into a great documentary, my very first documentary. That's going to be coming out in 2024. So lots to look forward to. That was such a cool experience. I mean, the... The people that we met, I didn't know that I would emotionally attach to the people that we interviewed, mm -hmm. especially one man. His name was Randy, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. And we we went to eat with him. And, and he followed us around a little bit. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and just touching the lives of the people in a small town in Tennessee. Yep. It was really moving. And just to see how much our presence there and the attention that we're giving to the Battle of Athens, how much that means to them. Because many of them, it was their father's. Oh yeah, that were involved in the battle, right? So oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to getting that documentary out this year. I mean, be my very first one, so be gentle, um, <laughs> and uh, we'll make that as exciting as we can for you because the the Wake Up America show is just one part of our Liberty Media Company. Uh, we also have plans to add a new show coming soon, which can't give the details just yet, but I'd, I'd like to add two new shows. Um, but I'm still trying to convince the other talent to uh, come on board. <laughs> talent um, is not very easy to convince. No, of it's things. hard to find somebody who can host a show like this. So, but a new show is coming in 2024. So mm -hmm. keep an eye out for that. Lots to be excited for. Yeah. And uh, I think you will be really delighted when you see who the host is, of the new talk show is going to be. I think it, so. It's not going to be a live news video show like this, it's going to be an audio podcast, mm -hmm. uh, just because like for most people who are just starting in the business, like it's really hard to do what I'm doing right now. So like, I've got a million buttons I'm surrounded by, and this is all happening live. It's one that even if I was if I just wasn't doing this live, it would be so much easier. But trying to get guests on a show and have all the audio and everything coordinated and have this all happen live, like you're watching right now, the 830 people watching live, this is a, a massive challenge. So um, so for anybody, I know you see people with like webcams who are like, oh, they stream live. How hard can it be? Well, the way we do it is hard. <laughs> it's no. really hard, especially I, because I don't have a producer. It's all me. And Stephanie helps. With yeah, things here I mean, and there, before you, know? you yeah. I, I was a little mini YouTuber for about a mm -hmm. year. And it's like I did it the easy way. I got to record myself in my room and be all cozy. And I got to cut the video whenever I messed up and I got to, yeah. you know, clip things here and there and I, add and delete. And like if we I mess, could make it all pretty and put filters. Up, if we mess up and we're picking our nose <laughs> or doing something stupid like that, it's live, yeah. it's happened, everybody saw it, it's too late, right? So, oh, yeah. and there's just, you know, there's, there's, it's really difficult to do it, obviously, when you don't have a producer. So our hope is that by the end of 2024, we'll be able to be so flush with cash that we'll be able to invest in hiring staff and, and bringing on more talent for shows and growing this business. And, you know, you guys are a bit, a bit a big part of that. Uh, but another big part of it that's going to be part of our growth strategy, another big thing for 2023 for us, the best of, was Founding Flavors Coffee, our coffee yes. business. It was we John apparently Burke. made coffee as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was apparently, John Burke was wow. really instrumental in that because I had been thinking about it for a long time. Yeah. But he was really the one with the his own CBD business who convinced me that something like a coffee business was the right move to go. He, he said would, one word to us, consumable. Yeah, consumable. Get that changed everything. Get something that people can buy, that they can subscribe to, that they'll want to come back. 
we are so lucky yeah. um, uh, that we found this supplier. Um, the the company that we work with who helps who supplies our coffee um, is amazing. Not only is their technology incredible, but the coffee is just ultra premium. It's delicious. Yeah. Check out the reviews. We have uh, over at APforLibertyShop.com, and this is not just a commercial, but like the reviews from the people, these are verified in, by a third party, independent reviews, five-star reviews, five-star reviews of our coffee, because it is just that good. People who try it love it, don't they, Steph? Yeah. And you give it to mostly coffee connoisseurs, mm -hmm. people that drink a lot of very fine coffee. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, so I, I have no idea. Um, I just don't like Starbucks because mm -hmm. it's way too dark for me. Well, I don't like Starbucks either, mm -hmm. right? But like, for example, I've got the the website pulled up. You can see Revolutionary Roast, five stars. Mm -hmm. Liberty Lullaby, five stars. Jeffersonian Java, four, seven. Franklin's Elixir, four, nine. Patriotic Perk, five. Founding Flavors, Thomas's Painkiller, five stars. And today's the last day to get Founding Flavors coffee for Martha's Mint. Martha's so Mint, the holiday you, edition. If you want mint, today's the yeah. last day to get it. So get your orders in today at APForLibertyShop.com. Yeah. But like that was a big deal because we worked so hard to make these beautiful boxes and package designs, find the manufacturer and to, and to market it and to get it out there. But if you're a subscriber to the monthly coffee club, if you if you do like a monthly delivery of the club, that is that is creating the sustaining growth, right? That is the... That is what's I believe the coffee and the metal signs at the shop, I think, are what are going to help us next year to afford health insurance, right? Just to keep on our feet, keep the shows going, add new shows mm -hmm. and grow our media presence, more libertarian content, more Javier Malay, right, of yeah. America, right? More so, and of course, I take this money and I invest it in liberty candidates around the country. I just like I supported Jamie Marie Pope. Yeah. Right. I'm supporting Kathy Loy. She's a Liberty mm -hmm. Republican here in Missouri. So the money that you spend here on the Wake Up America show, you know, after we pay our health insurance bills, um, we use that we reinvest that either back in libertarian documentaries or we reinvest it back in libertarian shows or we reinvest it back in um, in uh, uh, libertarian candidates around the country. So yeah. if you're drinking coffee from us, just remember, even if we are a little bit more expensive, just remember that our coffee is ultra premium, so it's just as good. It's actually a little less expensive than many of the major brands, mm -hmm. manufacturer and delivery, and your money stays within the liberty movement, right? Your money is being spent with people who don't hate you. So make sure you visit apforlibertyshop.com, and if you're not, if there's any doubt about it and you love, if you like the coffee, today's the day to sign up for a monthly subscription for coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. I like how you said monthly coffee club. I yeah. like the ring of that. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should call that sounds it. Sounds fun. Maybe we need. It makes you feel like you're a part of something. Maybe we need to name it the coffee club something with like a founding father's theme to it or something like that. Like, okay. like um, some kind of patriotic, like, um, so, so the letters of correspondence, the committees of correspondence were the, were the founding fathers, what they wrote to, to for the revolution oh, the monthly coffee convention oh that's a good <laughs> idea maybe the constitutional coffee convention that'd be a good idea stephanie great idea just brainstorming on air look at that fun we love sure. the brainstorming process we are such creative souls yeah we love being creative and coming up with new ideas for how to advance liberty so if you've been enjoying our our content today this morning make sure you click subscribe to the channel here at rumble.com because i know what happens is that you guys are busy and you got families and things are going on 
and you forget to click subscribe. And then next week, when you want to come back and watch us, we're like, oh, we don't remember who that was. <laughs> well, I'm Austin Peterson. This is my wife, Stephanie. She joins us every um, she joins us every Friday on the show for Freedom Family Friday. Right. And then next week, my brother, Justin. I know. So that's a new addition now in the new year is he'll be on every week. Yeah. So, so he may not have his own show, but he's going to be. A weekly appearance. Exactly. So my brother, Justin Peterson, will be joining us as a regular guest on Fridays. We have lots of awesome regular guests. Stephanie's on Fridays. Yeah. Camelia's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Daniela, she'll be back next Thursday. Okay. Danielle Pensack and Judge, um, Knapp, Judge Napolitano Wednesday. on Wednesdays. M John Miltimore on Mondays. Yes. So we have awesome regular guests. And then we have people like Aaron Sepulveda, economists, oh. to talk about Javier Malay. And yes. I keep getting closer and closer I think, you know, I, I'll bet you at some point, do you think in 2024, do you want to take bets that we're going to get Javier Malay on the show? I, I think so. I think first, number one, I'm going to wait for him to follow you on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That'll be the first goal. That he'll, we, uh, he'll follow you in 2024. He's been retweeting us like crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then number two is talk to him privately. Yes. And then number three hopefully have him on the show yes, yeah that'd be awesome we'll, we'll yeah. take some steps our new friend over on the rumble chat first time i've seen him dad bod baboon that's a great name he says um do you guys advertise the coffee on public square oh public square yeah we are on public square all of our products are on public square that's actually where we get a lot of our purchases yeah well, actually, they've been big supporters too of the show mm -hmm. so um, without uh, Public Square, we definitely wouldn't have made as many sales this year. Mm -hmm. So we we're looking do. to expand on Etsy as well. Yeah, so that's, that's another, another goal avenue. is to add our, our products to Etsy next year. So that'll yeah. be great. Okay, so 2023, we're talking about the things that made 2023 great. Um, Japan was awesome for us personally. We got to go and mm. visit Japan, see the Far East. Yes, mm -hmm. and it's so funny for for your Christmas present for me. <clears throat> it was so touching because I there's this little figure named Billykin, mm -hmm. and he's basically like a gold Buddha. I don't know how else to describe him. He looks like a monkey, but also a Buddha. He's just super cute. So anyways, in Osaka, Japan, I saw Billy Kin and I fell in love with him. And I had bought a pair of socks and I wished that I had gotten more photos with Billy Kin because there's little statues all around. And so Austin, what he did, this actually made me cry when I accepted the gift, is our friend Oliver Ja, Gia, um, in Japan, he bought me <laughs> through Austin. Um some Billiken socks and a coin purse and like a keychain and oh my gosh, he had it shipped to us for Christmas this year. And it just oh it it just brought brought me back to Japan and made me realize just how connected I truly felt to that country. Yeah, Stephanie fell in love with this little character. Then she had like one pair of socks. I knew she wanted more stuff. I looked everywhere. I could mm -hmm. not because there's a in St. Louis, I'll tell the story real briefly. Billiken comes from St. Louis. Yeah. And Osaka in Japan adopted Billiken from St. Louis. He's this little statue on St. Louis they University just campus. Changed him. He looks different. Yeah, he looks different. And he, they made him like a little golden god uh, in Osaka. But every time I want to go buy Billiken stuff, it's like the St. Louis Billiken, which is yeah. different, not the same as the Osaka one. Doesn't exist so in America. I, so, or I could have bought like a $300 Billiken statue and I was like, this isn't what she wants. And, and, uh, and so I was like, okay. So I contacted Oliver Jia mm -hmm. and reached out to him. And I was like, Oliver, can you please help me? Stephanie loves Billiken. So he like collected Billiken stuff from all over Japan and Osaka, had it mailed to him in, in Kyoto, Japan, where he lives. Mm -hmm. And then he mailed it to us from Japan and made it just in time for Christmas. 
Yeah. So Stephanie could get her Billiken stuff. So just a yeah. sweet little personal anecdote from me and Stephanie. Yes. So, but yeah, yeah, Japan, it's like even just the the friendships, you know, we we met with Oliver when we were there and mm-hmm. we even met a friend on the train that yeah. we still keep in touch with on Twitter till this day. Mm-hmm. And it's just those like little connections of these with these people that are so far away. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like you you can't touch them, you know, but they're there. Mm-hmm. So it's just this longing that I feel now that we're not in Japan anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been an amazing year. 2023 has been absolutely incredible. Thank yes. you to everyone who's been a big part of making it happen. People like Camelia Peterson, people like John Combus, people like Joni Rankin, people like Diug, people Scott like Fawn. Scott Fawn, Floby Tenderson. Oh, that's another thing in 2023. We moved into this studio. You did. That was another big one for yes, 2023. This studio is such a blessing. Quest Fanning, Matt Unruh. Too many names to, to count off the top yep. of my head. Uh, uh, Andy Opperman. God, Andy was huge uh, this year for us. Uh, he's amazing. Where would we be without Andy? God, Kermode Bear, Brindle Bear, all of our the Bear family. Mary Creamer. Mary Kramer, yes, she's been huge helping us this year. Maria I mean, Edinburgh. Maria Edinburgh, all of our live stream listeners who have been regulars. It's been unbelievable the amount of support that we've gotten from the community. Obviously, Lear Capital, our sponsors too. Thank you to Lear Capital. Make sure you check them out at LearAustin.com. That's L-E-A-R-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. Don't forget, guys, tons of great sales over at APForLibertyShop.com. We got to run 25% off the Javier Malay shirt, 15% off the metal signs using code metal signs 50 percent off of the george, uh, washington, the george washington coin coins. check it out and before you guys go don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel before you exit the stream stephanie what do you want to say to everybody because we'll, we won't be back until next tuesday oh be free hey thanks you guys we appreciate you very much the wake up america show is all about economic freedom and personal liberty we're going to be right here next next year better and better and bigger than ever more shows More content, more great guests, bigger names, bigger topics, more freedom for everybody. Viva la libertad, carajo. I was just thinking that. (laughs) And we'll see you guys on Tuesday here on the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.